Theory. Hello and welcome to A Smashing Theory, the ultimate prediction podcast for Super Smash Bros. and other video games. I'm Daniel. And I'm Sean. And welcome, welcome, welcome to our E3 reactions episode. Oh boy. 2019. 2019. What a fucking year. It has been that. To watch... Some E3. Yes, indeedly D. Sean, this E3 has been pretty cool, I think. Yeah, there's been some nice stuff that's happened. Yeah, there's there's been some nice stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, some cool announcements. Yeah, like, definitely a bit more low-key than previous years. Yes. But at the same time, you know, there were things we were expecting, things we were not expecting, a nice little grab bag of expectations confirmed and hopes dashed. Uh, an eventful year indeed. I don't know if that was the most filler sentence you've said on this podcast, but it's a contender for, like, top ten. The most filler sentence? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Just you wait, my friend, because on this cavalcade of recordings that we are about to commence, I shall... Okay, let's... let's this episode's let's gonna be long can... enough <laughs> without this shit. So... Good. Let's get right down to brass tacks. Yeah, so usually we uh, we do corrections and we do news before we get into our main topic of the episode. There's only one correction... I said in our last E3 prediction episode that Sea of Solitude from EA would get a uh, shadow drop during the conference. When I said that, the release date had already been announced. Uh, On May 28th, they announced that Sea of Solitude would come out on July 5th, 2019, which means it's not coming out during the E3 conference. Right. But it is coming out pretty soon. Coming up. And my girlfriend's excited about that. Good. Good for her. So with that out of the way, let's talk about E3 2019. So over the course of the last two episodes, mm-hmm. we predicted what we would see at every major conference that would happen during the event. Right. Those conferences being Electronic Arts, Microsoft, Bethesda, the PC Gaming Show, the Limited Run Games Conference, Ubisoft... Square Enix, Devolver Digital, and of course, our pals at Nintendo. Yes, our friends. For pretty much all the non-Nintendo ones, we'll go over the predictions we made, say what we got right, what we got wrong, and when it's applicable, we'll each say one of our favorite things from the conference that we didn't predict. Right. Uh, Because going over everything we didn't predict at each conference... Would take a very long time. Since we're already recording for approximately 5,000 hours, uh, you know, it's, it'd be a good idea for us to get that down a little bit, release this in a format that will not be of equivalent length to the Lord of the Rings on a bridge. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so let's start with Electronic Arts. So Electronic Arts did a thing where they're, they didn't do a traditional press conference this year. They just did several live streams. Right. But we made some predictions anyway. Uh, my first prediction was that an Apex Legends new character would be announced, and maybe a character season pass where you can just buy the characters with money instead of, like, grinding to buy them with coins. Right. Or rather, you know, like, buy them, like, in a pack. You can you can already buy them with real money, but it's right. like... Like, pay X dollars and you get these Y amount of characters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not that that explanation matters, because they didn't do anything like that. <laughs> But they did 
reveal a new character. Yeah. An adorable scientist girl named Watson. I'm in favor of Watson. Yeah, Watson's cool. She mm-hmm. can kind of, like, place uh, poles around the field and then, like, make an electric wall with them. She seems neat. Yeah. Uh, Very strategic. Yeah, and I like her design a lot. Mm-hmm. Predicted that there would be a lengthy Jedi Fallen Order gameplay demo. And there was. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. Uh, they showed off the main character and his much more likable robot sidekick. <laughs> uh, and there is some really cool lightsaber combat. Yes. And some, like, circa Uncharted 2, like, mm-hmm. traversal and parkour stuff. Yeah, I was gonna, I was actually going to say that, like, as, as someone who appreciates Uncharted on a certain level, but uh, thinks that it's kind of bland and very white bread on another level. Uh-huh. I got similar vibes from this. Like, oh, this looks, you know, pretty and fine. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll wait till I get my hands on it until, you know, I really pass judgment because it could wind up being that same kind of like nice, but sort of hollow experience. Yeah. Like the, the lightsaber combat though does like, look really satisfying it looks like it feels really good yes like the combat stuff looks cool just when he starts like traversing and like uh-huh. you know and like running along walls and stuff it's like oh this already feels kind of dated right yeah um re respawn has tended to make some good games though mm-hmm. like apex legends did exceed my expectations for the seven days that i played it <laughs> true so uh so yeah I, I i'm willing to give them some some trust nice we said there'd be a lot of sports coverage, and maybe there was. I didn't watch every single EA live stream. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, so, but if there was, there was. If there wasn't, that's fine too. Yeah. It doesn't affect our lives. <laughs> uh, we predicted a Sea of Solitude Shadow Drop, which we now know that I fucked up, and that there would be an EA Originals announcement alongside that. There was no real opportunity for an EA Original to be announced, and therefore it wasn't. Right. I thought maybe there'd be some footage of the Command & Conquer remaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, some progress on that was actually shown the week before E3, and they th- and they showed some screenshots of the UI. Okay. How's that looking? I haven't seen that. It's looking pretty good. Nice. Yeah. They they really look to have kind of... It's kind of a above and beyond remaster where they're cleaning up the UI and That's making nice. it more intuitive. Yeah. It looks really great. We predicted that since a recent EA... Fiscal report mm-hmm. said that there would be a new Need for Speed game and a new Plants vs. Zombies game by the end of the fiscal year. Uh, I thought that maybe those would be revealed during E3. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least at this point of E3, neither of them have been revealed. Right. And finally, we thought maybe there'd be some kind of Bioware-related apology where they'd show some Dragon Age 4, maybe a Mass Effect trilogy remaster, and like a big update to Anthem that like... That solves a lot of problems. Right. Not only did they not do any of this, Anthem was not mentioned at all. Which is crazy. During their entire E3 day. I mean, I guess, you know, I guess they're hoping to just kind of sweep it under the rug, but, you know. Yeah, that's that's absolutely what they're trying to that's, do. That's like sweeping the 900-pound gorilla in the room under the rug. <laughs> and then you can just see a gorilla-shaped rug in the middle of the room. And you're like, what's that? And they're like, uh, Dragon Age! I would love that episode of the 2000s Bruce Tim produced Justice League <laughs> where like the Flash has to hide Gorilla Grodd under a rug. Holy shit. That would be great. <laughs> For some reason. And he's, he's like, Flash, what are you doing? I refuse to be under this rug. Anyway, yeah, that's uh, 
EA is gonna EA, and they're going to just nuke Anthem from orbit, I guess. Yeah, if I could summarize EA's um, press conference in a way that also incorporated their initials, it would be like, Ugh. Ah. Because <laughs> that's pretty much how I felt about what they have going on. <laughs> 7 out of 10. Thanks. All right, let's move on to Microsoft. Yeah. Microsoft's conference was much better. Yes. Part, you know, maybe in part because there was actually a conference. <laughs> right. So uh, here are predictions. Uh, first, we predicted that uh, that there'd be some focus on Project X Cloud. Right. Uh, there was. They talked about how great it was, how seamless it felt, and uh, that you could kind of experience it on the show floor for yourself. Mm-hmm. I actually read some reports from some people on the show floor that tried this out. Mm-hmm. And the reports were along the lines of, this is amongst the best cloud-based streaming that I've experienced thus far, but there is still notable lag. Ah, uh, that's too bad. Yeah, like input lag and all that. Right. So it may be good for certain kinds of games, but not for others, you know? Like, if you wanted to play, like, a turn-based RPG or something, that's sure. probably fine. Yeah. But if you wanted to, like, play a twitchy action shooter, then maybe not. Yeah, you probably do not want to participate in a Street Fighter tournament with that setup. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Like, well, yeah. yeah that, <laughs> that would be bad. Yeah. You like, you like, all right, after after one long year of practicing Street Fighter Five, oh, you couldn't be Street Fighter Five. After practicing uh, uh, some fucking Xbox One fighting game on Project X Cloud, I'm ready. Sure. After one long year of practicing Killer Instinct on Project X Cloud, I'm ready to enter this tournament. And the entire time, it's just felt like you've been playing underwater. And then you get there and you just get absolutely destroyed yeah that would be bad <laughs> like <laughs> like actually like that that's like the next level of like tournament right <laughs> like right <clears throat> like sonic fox is like you know he's like sitting at the at the first player seat like ready to fight his opponent uh, and they're like and now entering the ring fart booty 79 <laughs> a man who has spent the last year playing this game on stadia <laughs> and then like <laughs> and then like he comes out in the he like it, he like takes off like gauntlets i like, mean it, it's it's like when rock lee takes right, off yeah, the weights yeah. i was just gonna and, say like when when uh when goku steps out of the time chamber you yeah. know <laughs> and then suddenly he can fly for some reason right yeah he could always fly, I think, right? For a while. I, f- I feel as though like he could just kind of jump high for a while, and then he did weight training, and that allowed him to fly. Is that when he started eventually. flying? I, th- I At the very least, that eventually got retconned as just like, a, you just you use the key in your body to to lift yourself up. I was watching, I watched like the first couple of episodes of Dragon Ball Z, and it's insane how quickly they introduce a bunch of information that just has nothing to do with the original Dragon Ball. It's like within the first episode, they're like, uh, yeah, you know, you're uh, uh, Saiyans and Namek, and they just like throw a bunch of shit in there. You're uh-huh. like, oh, okay, I guess this is where this is going now. <laughs> That's right, boys. Mondo cool. <laughs> <sighs> Dragon Ball's great. It's also really stupid. Yes. But it's great. Yes. Uh, also... <laughs> Also, that scenario, that person would still get his ass kicked because, like, <laughs> you know, you're like you're like playing with lag for like a year, <laughs> and then suddenly, like, 
And then suddenly all your button presses are, like, working on time, and you yeah. don't know what to do like, with that, that would be bad training. That yeah. would be like if I studied martial arts for a year in the bottom of a pool, and then I entered <laughs> a karate tournament. <laughs> <laughs> not good. That would not be good training. You're just finding like a fucking karate pro, and you're just like, whoa. Usually, when I hit people, it's way more wet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this bodes really well for us staying on topic for the rest of this Fuck episode. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that I I'd say that's that's right. We we got that one right. Yeah. So then uh, we also thought they'd talk about the new Xbox console. They sure did. Uh, you predicted that you'd be underwhelmed by its graphical fidelity. I predicted that we wouldn't even see the graphical fidelity, that they'd just, like, talk about the specs <laughs> for ten minutes and then wave goodbye and say there'd be an event in fall 2019. Right. Uh, and they did talk about the specs for ten minutes. Yeah. But then they announced Halo Infinite as a launch title mm-hmm. for the Scarlet which is still the tentative name for the console. Right. Uh, they said it'd be coming out in fall 2020, and then they showed Halo Infinite uh, in a way that looked like it was just all running in-engine. Yeah. And I would say that the graphical fidelity was a little underwhelming. Yeah, like, it looked fine. Like, actually, yeah. there there was a shot toward the very end where Master Chief was, like, walking on the Halo, and there were kind of, like, lights glimmering all over the place. Uh-huh. And that looked pretty good. But uh, not enough to make me think, like, wow, this is a leap forward for, you know, video game graphics. There was one sequence where, like, the guy on the ship was, uh, was like, turning Master Chief's power suit on. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and Master Chief was like, you know, you were looking at him through Master Chief's perspective. Uh-huh. And it's like, wow, he just, suddenly this character model looks a lot better animated <laughs> than he did for the rest of the trailer. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was that one was like, oh, that looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, not like, wow, I'm blown away good, but still like, still better than I feel like the Xbox One is capable of. Yeah. Uh, and then it went back to like, not great visuals. It It felt like that trailer needed a little more time to cook in the oven. It wasn't quite ready to show you. Mm-hmm. I get you there. I also, like, I don't think that I'll ever be as impressed as I was when I went from playing Nintendo 64 games to booting up Luigi's Mansion for the first time. Sure. Like, I will never have that moment again where I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe how good this looks. I guess Uh, that's fair. And uh, this was, again, not that moment. Yeah. I don't know. I I still think we're we're due, like, some, wow, that looks good moments Mm -hmm. in the coming generation. You know, like, kind of, you're right. Like, I I haven't felt the massive graphical leap in this generation. Yeah. I did feel it from the PS2 generation to the PS3 generation. Yeah, that's fair. But from the PS3 to the PS4 generation, I think the leap was much smaller. Uh-huh. But there were still, wow, that looks good moments for me in yeah. the PS4 generation. And I like, also think that looking back, you can appreciate how much more powerful the PS4 is than the PS3. Oh, yeah. Like it just wasn't as apparent moving forward Yeah, somehow. they hadn't figured it out right away yet. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Like, current generation games in 2019 look way better than games releasing in 2014 did yeah. at the end of the PS3's life cycle, right? That's very But, true. like, I think the first, like, wow, that looks good moment I remember was when I played Arkham Knight for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah was, that was a handsome game. Yeah, that was, like, just, like, uh, there's just this moment where, you know, Batman is standing on top of the building and he looks down at the city and I uh-huh. was like, holy shit, okay, this is a next generation game. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I do agree that, like, those leaps are less uh, less profound these days. Mm-hmm. I predicted 
that there'd be some cool Game Pass titles. Yep. And that some of them would be immediately available. Some of them would be shadow dropped. 26 Game Pass games <laughs> were shadow dropped the day of the conference. That's a lot. Most of them not even mentioned during the conference itself. Wow. Um, some of the games include Arkham Knight, funnily mm-hmm. enough. Uh, Hollow Knight. Cool. Uh, and Shenmue 1 and 2 uh, remakes. And there, there's also just a bunch. There's like Guacamelee and a lot of nice. a lot of other games that would have made this thing, made this outline like two pages longer <laughs> if I listed all of them. Right. So I didn't. But uh, it was a really good haul. I definitely say uh, that there were some cool Game Pass titles. Cool. Um, on top of that, several upcoming games were shown that were like, this will be day one on Game Pass. Okay. Obviously all of Microsoft's first party stuff. Sure. Like uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. And also some indie third-party titles like After Party, which looks really cool. Yeah. They also revealed Xbox Game Pass for PC. I like that. Yeah, and talked about the opening library for that. And they showed off Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which includes Xbox Gold, Game Pass for consoles, and Game Pass for PC, all in one $15 a month package. That feels pretty good, right? Yeah. That is a really good deal. Because, like, Game Game Pass was, like, 10 bucks a month, and so is Xbox Gold. Right. So, uh, so the fact that they're, like, condensing it, and I think they're rolling out a deal where if you, uh, if you already have Gold and Game Pass, mm-hmm. uh, it will consolidate those two, ah. uh, and, like, and give you Game Pass Ultimate for a certain amount of months or something. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think the Game Pass initiative is really cool, so I, I was fine with the amount of focus they put on it. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, we predicted that Gears 5, Gears Pop, and Gears Tactics would all be present. Uh, two out of three of those were shown. I, right. I don't remember seeing Gears Tactics. No, me neither. But they had some focus on Gears 5, which is coming out September, and uh, and they showed Gears Pop in action. Right. That's a really bad-looking mobile game. Yeah, I don't have any faith in any Pop game. Yeah. Really, uh, so that didn't surprise me. Yeah, like th- this is the first pop game I was aware of, so this is kind of like their first chance to show whether or not their games would be any good. Right. Uh, this, they ain't. Yeah, I, th- this looks like this looks so bad that I I think if Microsoft knew how this looked, they would. If they knew how this looked before they advertised it like last time, mm-hmm. uh, they would not have devoted conference time to it this year. Yeah. Was uh, Gears Five the game where they they like went under the stage? Yeah. <laughs> yep that that was them. That, that was, was really weird. Yeah. And then for some reason they were like, "And hey, check this out! Kenny Omega's here playing it." And then they didn't like show him playing it. <laughs> uh, they they said that Kenny Omega will like play this later after. Like, oh, yeah. I I see. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Kenny Omega. And Xavier I missed the Woods. message there a little bit. I thought they were just like, "Hey, man, look, he's playing it." Then they like the camera went back <laughs> out of the thing. <laughs> no, they they said that after the stream, I see. they would. Okay. They, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look! Look! It's Kenny Omega. Back to you, weird camera going under the stage. I mean, lately that's all people have done with Kenny Omega. Like he's here. <laughs> Somehow he's become like this big name in gaming. Uh, yeah, like, even Japan likes Kenny Omega a lot. Well, he's a Japanese wrestler, I think, so that, that makes, that would be why. It, really? I uh, believe so. He is American, though, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> Japan, uh, ha- actually has, like, 
some random American wrestlers in their wrestling thing. Okay. Yeah, I believe he's he's one of those. I mean, yeah. I, I do he's know... part of Bullet Hell Club or whatever it is, that thing everybody has t-shirts for. And that's like a wrestling stable in Japan. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I I did... I do know that he... Like, he was wrestling, like, this big-name Japanese wrestler in Japan. Mm-hmm. He had a promo recorded for it. Okay. Where, like... It was just like Undertale, but with Kenny Omega in it, <laughs> and he and he got Toby Fox to help. Holy shit! Yeah, that's actually great. It, it is great. I can see why people would enjoy watching Kenny Omega play a game, but not getting to see him play it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what that was. Right. Uh, we also predicted some big third-party reveals. Yeah, and there were a lot. The stuff that we specifically predicted, we predicted there'd be some Cyberpunk 2077 gameplay. There actually wasn't during the conference. Right. Uh, they just showed, like, a cinematic trailer, and then at the end of the cinematic trailer <laughs> was Keanu Reeves, <laughs> and then right. he walks onto the stage. Yeah, like, we could, you know, we could see, it was obvious that his likeness was being used and that it was his voice. Yeah. And then it just cuts to, like, a door slowly opening and a Keanu Reeves-shaped silhouette. <laughs> Yeah. In, the, in the mist yeah and uh, then yeah he stepped out and he he like hyped up the game a little bit it's yeah really interesting yeah and then some guy yelled that that he was breathtaking right and then uh and then cd project red uh got that guy a free copy of the game <laughs> that's great yeah like cd project red is really frustrating because their their marketing games are really on point mm-hmm. uh but like they're Every time we get a glimpse into their corporate culture, it's not like they're yeah yeah they're bad. yeah it's it's just one of those like frustrating frustrating things. Yeah, you know, it's like there's that saying, "Don't meet your heroes," right? Yeah. That applies to the entire goddamn games industry at this point. <laughs> Every time we find something out about a developer, it's like, "Oh, they're doing this, they're doing that." Like, come on, yeah. guys, could we have like one shining example? You know. Like, Kotaku does an expose, and it turns out that they're all really nice to each other. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be amazing. Yeah. Like, please. I just want, like, the Mr. Rogers of the games industry to exist out there somewhere. Yeah, I'm really, like, the the whole there's no ethical consumption under capitalism narrative Uh is really exhausting to me. Yeah. And, like, I wish that narrative didn't feel more correct with every passing year. It's rough. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating. I like, you know, I still try to pick my battles there. I probably like, won't be getting Cyberpunk 2077 Mm -hmm. until like I see CD project red have responses that are less, Oh, well, you know, we want to make a good game. So obviously we're going to work hard. Right. And more like, actually, I think maybe we want to (laughs) respect our employees. Yeah. (laughs) I think especially because, like, the games industry has got to be one of the, like, least regulated industries out there in terms of, like, employee stuff. You know, like, they're yeah. not unionized. They really don't have any protections. Yeah. Uh, or any, like, collective bargaining power. And so it really is just an example of, like, unchecked, unregulated, and rampant capitalism at work. Yeah. You know, like, yes, you must come in on weekends 15 hours a day, seven days a week for months until this game is done. Oh, oh no, 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 no. It's you're encouraged to come in <laughs> right. seven days a week and work that long. You don't have to, but if you don't, you know, we'll we fire might, you. We might fire you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. It's just um, awful. <laughs> yeah. Now let's talk about the games industry. <laughs> um, 
that like yeah that that aside obviously keanu reeves was an amazing moment i just wish i didn't have to associate it with cg project rad right we also predicted some we also predicted uh quote some wild license game we weren't <laughs> expecting at all unquote right uh we we made some guesses for this you guessed uh rocksteady's new game mm-hmm. i guess a dc game from wb montreal or the harry potter game that got leaked last year right uh None of those showed up. WB Games was barely present now that I think about it. Yeah. Uh, there was some Lego stuff. Right, right. But yeah, those those games didn't show up at all. However, there was a Blair Witch Project video game announced. Yeah. And I think it, it fits that prediction perfectly. I was completely stunned by it, so I would say so. <laughs> like, the whole time I was watching this trailer, it's just like a guy with a dog and a flashlight wandering around in the woods and i'm thinking like is this a resident evil game is this silent hill <laughs> oh, what's happening here right. and then at the very very end it like zooms out and he's recording on a camcorder a guy who's like standing in the corner facing the wall just like at the end of the blair witch project <laughs> i went is this the blair witch project and it totally was yeah like who the fuck nobody saw that coming no absolutely zero people predicted that that would happen that's a that's a cool franchise for a horror game though yeah absolutely yeah that's really cool yeah i'm looking forward to that and then finally you predicted that there would be a smash reveal trailer during the Microsoft conference, for either Banjo-Kazooie or Minecrafter. Right. There was not. In fact, the word Nintendo was not said once during the entire conference. Yeah. But we might put a pin in this conversation and bring it up a little later. Yeah, for some reason we might talk about it later. Yeah. I can't imagine why. <laughs> no, who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you think there's anyone listening to this podcast that just didn't, like, didn't look up any E3 news? They're just like... I know how I'm going to consume my E3 media for the first time. I'm going to listen to Daniel and Sean talk about it on their podcast. Well, to you, you lovely mystery person. First of all, I appreciate you having that much faith in us. <laughs> Second of all, I got a little hint for you. Aubrey! <laughs> uh, You're ready for that at about hour 15 of this podcast. So our favorite thing that we didn't predict, um, for me... Uh, there was this really cool indie game shown partway through the conference called Spiritfarer. Yeah. That just had this really great, like, 2D animated aesthetic, and it takes place on, like, this ship, and you're, like, talking with ghosts, and it, it's very much kind of like a, almost like a side-scrolling, like, Animal Crossing meets anime vibe. Yeah, and there's sad shit is definitely going to happen in that game yeah they didn't (laughs) they didn't really show a lot of it but like oh man we're gonna get crushed yeah when we play that game yeah like the the main hook is basically like you're helping like spirits like pass on into the afterlife so that's uh god that's really intriguing and it's coming to xbox game pass the first day it comes out yeah which is uh, cool so yeah that, that game just looks rad i'm really glad it exists what about you, Sean? Um, I've got two quick ones. Uh, the first would just be that, you know, like like Ori and the Blind Forest, like the first Ori game. Yeah. A lot of people talked about how gorgeous that game was, and I thought that it was pretty, but not like mind-blowing. Yeah. Uh, we saw some footage of Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and that actually did blow my mind. That, like, those they, are yeah, those that... are some of the nicest kind of stylized visuals that I have ever seen in any video game ever. Yeah, that game looks stunning. It was yeah. it was gorgeous. I could not I could not like believe what I was seeing like in in that <laughs> format. It was it was amazing. And like at first I was looking at it and I was thinking to myself like wow, this is some really great 
hand-drawn 2D animation. That's so cool. <laughs> and then, like, a clearly 3D spider monster skittered out, mm. and I realized that actually I was wrong in a cool way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the other one was, uh, there's this cool little game uh, called 12 Minutes. Yeah. Uh, where um, you kind of have to, like, keep going back in time over and over again. Um, and uh, that just kind of conceptually, it looked very neat. Yeah. Uh, it'll be something I'm interested in kind of unpacking once I get my hands on it. Yeah, a neat, like, time loop murder mystery. It looks cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's funny that, like, Microsoft, like busted out all these incredibly big budget games and you and I are like oh we really like these indie games <laughs> right. like, like especially for you that's yeah that's strange that's weird for me um although you know i mean i i i'm sure i've made this clarification before but like obviously i don't i think independently produced games are great yeah um i just don't like like when you think of an indie game the kind of game that immediately comes to mind like that's what i don't like right uh, and uh you know these two games were neither of those things or three games, I should say, including Spirit Fair. Right. Okay, well, that wraps it up for Microsoft at E3. Then, later that evening, Bethesda happened. Woo! <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I, I think that's, that's fair to say. So our predictions, first prediction, we thought that, uh, that there'd be kind of a Sorry About Fallout 76 segment. Right. I think we more or less got this one right. Yeah. Todd Howard did not actually say the word sorry or <laughs> I apologize. Right. Uh, but there were some clear, like, Fallout 76 mea culpas. Yeah. There's a free update that adds NPCs and some story content. Uh, and and it's getting a battle royale mode for some reason. Really adding the NPCs is an apology in and of itself. <laughs> you know, like, yes, this thing that we made a core gameplay aspect of this game was a huge mistake. Yeah. Here, have dialogue trees. <laughs> yeah. We predicted a Rage 2 DLC. Rise of the Ghosts is coming out later this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Looks pre- very ragey. Yeah. Still don't really know who that game's for, but whoever it is for, <laughs> I'm happy for you. Yeah. Uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood and Wolfenstein Cyberpilot, we thought both would get coverage. Uh, they both did. Cyberpilot got a release date, a release window of July 2019. Right. Here's an interesting one. I predicted that Commander Keen would be announced as a playable character for Quake Champions. Right. Now I feel like I got this one half right because Bethesda said the words Commander Keen for the first time in a decade. They sure did. And uh that's remarkable enough on its own. <laughs> however, however, they didn't say the words Quake Champions at any point during the conference. Yeah, they not just, looking good. Yeah. It's like they also during the conference side note they they brought up QuakeCon, right. but they're like, this year's QuakeCon is going to be called DoomCon. <laughs> it's the year of doom at QuakeCon. It's like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> not, yeah, not a good sign. Yeah, like maybe we'll see Quake Champions at DoomCon, but oh boy. <laughs> uh, but anyway, they announced uh, a revival of Commander Keen as a mobile game. Right. Uh, Featuring uh, B.J. Blaskowitz, no, that's that's Wolfenstein. Featuring Billy Blaze's right. twin son and daughter, <laughs> uh, also Billy Blaze and and Billy Blaze, but right. I.E., uh, which I think is is funny. That yeah, that's a cute little, yeah, little thing. Yeah, that he just named his kids after himself twice. 
Yeah, and I I actually like I think the animation for this is cute. Mm-hmm. I think it like I think it kind of hits uh visually at least the niche that Commander Keen should. Yeah. In 2019, uh the mobile game itself looks pretty unremarkable. Yeah, I can't say that I was jazzed by what I saw of the gameplay. Yeah, like uh I I don't really think the video game will be bad mm. but i i don't like it looks like it's gonna hit the the scale and the audience that is going for you know sure. just kind of a hey here's a fucking mobile game <laughs> right like that yeah. that's that's what it felt like it yeah. felt like a hey here's a fucking mobile game it didn't feel like it was trying to impress me at all and it sure didn't yeah we predicted that the team behind dishonored and prey arcane studios would reveal a new project. Mm-hmm. And we got that right. The project is called Deathloop. Right. And uh, and it's like a first-person game uh, that involves time loops somehow. Yeah. And the trailer made it look cool. Yeah, and, you know, I have faith in Arcane Studios at this point. I'm oh, sure yeah. that they'll do cool stuff with it. Yeah, absolutely. And the character designs were awesome. Right. I predicted that there would be a Switch port of something, and I guess specifically that the Switch port would be of the Evil Within 1. Mm-hmm. Um... There was a Switch port announced, but it was a Switch port of Elder Scrolls Blades coming out fall 2019. I think that's a good game for the Switch. It's also not the kind of game that I care about at all. Yeah, agreed uh, <laughs> Agreed on both counts. Yeah, yeah, you know, hopefully people who want it and uh, have a Switch will be able to enjoy it. Yeah, uh, we predicted some kind of shadow drop, and I, I don't recall there being any shadow drops, actually. Uh, yeah, me neither. And finally... Uh, Sean said a new game would be announced of which we are both deeply skeptical. Um, the the new game announcements were mostly pretty cool mm-hmm. outside of that Commander Keen game, which I feel is <laughs> like not even worth being skeptical of. No, you same. I mean? Yeah, like I am skeptical of it, but it's such a non-event that mm-hmm. I don't think it's worth counting. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. Uh, favorite things we didn't predict. Sean? uh ghostwire tokyo ghostwire tokyo is cool yeah didn't see that one coming at all but uh looks really neat yeah so we actually specifically said that the evil within wouldn't make like wouldn't be present really at this like there wouldn't be any new evil within projects right and technically we were we were right yeah but the team behind uh evil within uh shinji mikami's team uh showed up and uh and it's like hey we have a new ip for you uh, it's called Ghostwire Tokyo. Here is my adorable creative director, <laughs> Ikumi Nakimura, who I think the entire internet like fell in love with from yeah. her like five minute presentation. Yeah, she really took the whole conference by storm. <laughs> yeah, uh, and she, the whole world by storm. Yeah, she was the best part of that conference for like, sure. She was, yeah, just her like her manic energy. Yeah, was uh, was something to behold. It was really great. Uh, and Ghostwire Tokyo itself, it looks really cool, yeah. I think. And it's also funny, like, I think Shinji Mikami at one point said, like, and this is not a survival horror game. But it fucking then, looks like one. Yeah, the, the entire trailer is just horrifying imagery. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, <laughs> clearly, uh, you know, he can, he could try to stray from his roots all he wants, but, uh, you know, it's, maybe it's harder than he thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, that, that game looks intriguing for sure, though. What about you, Daniel? I think... In the interest of not also just saying Ghostwire Tokyo, that 
the battle mode for Doom Eternal actually looks pretty cool. Yeah, I was surprised by how much I was enjoying that. Yeah, like the fact that uh, they can either play as like a fully loaded uh, Doom Slayer, which is fine, mm-hmm. and uh, you can pick between several like giant Doom <laughs> monsters, each yeah. with their own movesets to fight the Slayer with. Yeah. That's really great yeah really cool yeah i'm i'm excited at the potential of what kind of like boss monsters you could end up being able to play as you know me too yeah i i hope they have a good roster of that yeah and maybe um and maybe there'll be different kinds of slayers you can play that as too just so it's not like <laughs> you know just so when you're playing it's like ah, oh, i got the fucking slayer right yeah you know like I feel like everyone's going to want to play the bosses instead of the fucking guy with the gun. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But then it'll turn out that the Slayer is, like, really OP and everyone will play as him and they'll shit on you if you're playing a monster. That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I forgot about how the gaming community was. Yeah, humans ruin games. (laughs) (laughs) The the, uh, gaming community story. So that was Bethesda. I think Bethesda did, you know, did did a fine enough job. Yeah. Yeah. Then June 10th, 10 a.m., was the PC gaming show. Right. So we we only made a couple predictions for this. One that Eastward or Witchbrook would be shown by Chucklefish. Neither was shown. Uh, they showed one of their other games. Mm. Uh, it was like a space game or something. <laughs> um, I thought that Sable will be shown. Sable was not shown. Uh, I predicted that there would be a lot of dead air and that I would fall asleep again like I did last <laughs> year. Um this was the best paced PC gaming show I've ever watched. Okay. There was definitely like some moments where I kind of spaced out and I wasn't really paying attention. Sure. But I did not fall asleep this time. So right. Good job. Yeah. And Sean predicted that someone from Epic Games would walk onto the stage and would be audibly booed. <laughs> this actually did not happen. Which is incredible to me. Yeah. But, I did uh, not whatever. hear any boos during the whole conference, but... But maybe there would have been if they had done this differently, <laughs> uh, because one thing that happened, right, is that uh, is that they they showed Shenmue three right uh, as an Epic Game Store compatible game. Yu Suzuki did an interview with Day Nine mm-hmm. and uh, and talked about the game. It was shown in an Epic Game Store trailer. Uh, after all this, and after the audience applauded for Yu Suzuki, and he walked away. Uh, the Shenmue Kickstarter announced that uh, even though they had been marketing it as a Steam-compatible game for the last four years and promised Steam codes to the Kickstarter backers, it would be an Epic Game Store exclusive starting now. And uh, <laughs> People have been mad. Yeah. There Completely was, understandable. Yeah, there's been a lot of anger over this, and I think it's fairly justified given the way they handled this yeah and uh like uh, like especially like announcing it in that order like felt really sneaky to me oh for sure um and man i just like i've said this before on this podcast like i really want to like the epic game store i think steam needs a competitor mm-hmm. th- that like makes them realize they have to be more consumer friendly yeah you know and the only way to do that is for a for someone to show up that entices people to go over to their platform, mm-hmm. you know? And Epic Game Store is trying to do this in, like, the worst way. Like, you're... Yeah. Like, I think what they did when they announced Hades was really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a great example of, hey, we have content that you can only play on our store instead of Steam. 
here here we are announcing brand new content you can do that with poaching existing steam games is just going to make people that own steam angry at you and refuse to go over to your service right and they keep doing it yeah over and over again yeah like i was now this was uh this was a reddit comment so obviously take it with a grain of salt right but uh, I was in the comments thread about Shenmue 3, the whole backlash the other day. Yeah. And uh, one of the people in that thread said that he had been backing... What was the game? Was it Phoenix a... Point. Uh, he had been a backer of Phoenix Point on Kickstarter. Yeah. They went Epic Games exclusive. And later on, one of the developers said, um, we could literally cancel all of our Kickstarter backers and Epic paid us so much money that we would still make a profit on this game. Right, like, we, we could literally refund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, they... Like, Epic is not only paying these people off to make their games Epic Store exclusives, they're paying them so much money <laughs> that they're just willing to completely betray the people who made their games possible in the first place. Like, yeah. that's a, you know... The, I mean, talk about your 30 pieces of silver like that. <laughs> they're yeah. really... They're really doubling down on this strategy that is bad yeah it's really remarkable to watch uh, yeah it's i i really want to root for epic game store and they're making it so, so I, I don't hard. want to root for them anymore yeah, i'd like no. if some other competitor could come along at this yeah point. no exactly i'm not rooting for them i yeah. wish i wish that i like they could put me in a position where i could root for them yeah and they're they're just making that so hard I think the moral of this story is that uh, if you are interested in checking out a good competitor to Steam, check out good old games. Hmm. Uh, they're doing th a thing that Steam isn't, namely offering lots of DRM-free games. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're kind like, of filling yeah. a niche there. Yeah, like, good least. old games is fine. They're, yeah. they're all right. They're also owned by CD Projekt Red. Yeah, that's a shame, but... <laughs> You know, at this point, you can't trust anyone in gaming, and uh, we should all just die. Or whatever. <sighs> like I, I know you're you're being comically broad, but the fact that there are people online that are like saying that sincerely, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To be clear, you know, I think it's absolutely wise to vote for your wallet, vote with your wallet, and not support companies that uh, have horrible business practices. Right. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to be that kind of guy who's like, it doesn't matter who I vote for because at the end of the day, all politicians are the same. <laughs> Like, you know, yeah. there are consequences to uh, how you choose to, uh, you know, exercise your rights. And who you choose to give a platform. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree with that, which, which is why sometimes it's, it's frustrating to have to make those decisions, but I think they do matter. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, Limited Run Games then did their thing. Mm -hmm. Um and uh am i predicted that there'd be some cool indie switch ports they are they're they they announced some some indie switch stuff um <laughs> i really didn't think that this would be a particularly soapboxy episode you know um but here we are yeah but like the the main thing they did was they announced that they were really proud to announce a partnership with THQ Nordic. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. God. Yeah. THQ Nordic, for those of you that are unaware, recently did an AMA on HA. <laughs> Which is fucking crazy. <laughs> I mean, 
for those of you who don't know what 8chan is, that would be like if I was like, hey, I'm going to guest host on a fucking Nazi podcast. <laughs> like, it's absolutely insane that Ugh. they even considered doing that. Yeah. And they did. Not only did they consider doing it, they followed through with the whole goddamn thing. Yeah, they didn't, like, stop partway through. Right. They didn't pull their tweet advertising it for, like, 16 hours. Uh, <laughs> the guy who like, decided to do the AMA, came out and said, hey, I'm not a Nazi, I'm not a pedophile. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Had to come out and say that. And, uh... And it made... And then everyone on HM was like, guys, we're valid! THQ Nordic came here, you yeah. know? Like, it was the worst possible morale boost yeah. for a group of absolute degenerates. Yeah, and then a week later, a terrorist shot up a mosque yeah. and credited... THQ Nordic for motivating him to do it, oh amongst some other shitty things. Yeah. And in the wake of this, the CEO of THQ Nordic issued a sincere apology and then proceeded to not fire or suspend the people that made <laughs> these decisions. Um, so, like, you know, uh, I get that Limited Run Games is a small company and right. they they got to hustle and they got to make that money. This... This immediately removed my excitement for all of their products. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, yeah. Um, maybe that's a deal they made before that shitstorm happened. Yeah, it could be. It could be that there's like they're bound by some kind of contract or whatever. Yeah, but like they've they've like they've they've come out and said basically like you know it's like hey we're 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 happy about getting THQ Nordics games. We're not endorsing the AMA they did. <laughs> uh, and like that's all they've said basically. I. <sighs> so here's a lesson guys if you're doing a business deal with somebody make sure you put a clause into the contract that says that if they do an ama on 8chan <laughs> you are allowed to uh that the contract is immediately null and void <laughs> this, uh, this is quite this is quite like a a world where that's actually something that like maybe you should make accounts for legally right. you know i mean that like yeah, the, and and honestly, the timing of this gives me kind of the vibe that maybe this deal was made afterwards, and they didn't care that much. Mm, you right. know, I I think the timing is in this this exact point where it could have gone either way. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and and also like you know, Let Me Run Games press conference wasn't that notable otherwise, right? Which which is the the most depressing thing. Like the most notable part of your conference <laughs> is that you 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 lay in in bed with with the worst possible people. Yeah. Like that's that's how you chose to make your money. Anyway, Ubisoft's less depressing to talk about. Let me fucking talk to you about Ubisoft actually that I haven't heard anything controversial about them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we we could just have a normal conversation about Ubisoft. Ubisoft pooped on a baby. What? <laughs> Made me upset. Oh, man, Angry Poop Baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the title of one of their upcoming games. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah this this whole thing was a setup. We're sponsored by Angry Poop Baby. <laughs> by, by Angry Poop Baby. This is our first ad. The first... <laughs> our first sponsor is Angry Poop Baby. Uh, the, the first game where the diaper is the controller. <laughs> So here's We'd some... like to introduce a new peripheral, the eye diaper. 
You shit in it to play the game. Sean, it's the U diaper. Oh, of course. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. I diaper. Directly. You diaper. We all diaper. He, she, me diaper. It's first grade, SpongeBob. What? Oh, the, uh, the, it's, there's a, there's a clip from SpongeBob where SpongeBob is confused by the word wumbo. And so Patrick starts like demonstrating ways you could use it in a sentence. Like, I wumbo, you wumbo, he, she, me wumbo. <laughs> that, that does actually sound pretty funny. Yeah, it's good. One of these days, my girlfriend is going to get me to watch SpongeBob with her. Like, she wants to watch a bunch of SpongeBob God. together. I had the unfortunate experience of having to put on SpongeBob while substitute teaching for groups of rowdy middle schoolers uh-huh. a long time ago. So I think that I will leave the room when she does that to avoid having flashbacks. I see. <laughs> but I hope you guys have a good time when that happens. Thanks. I, I don't think it's the near future. Good. So here's some Ubisoft predictions we made. Yep. First, we predicted that there'd be no Assassin's Creed. And by that, we meant that there'd be no new Assassin's Creed game announced. Right. Uh, they did talk about some Odyssey stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is getting a story creator where you can make your own missions. Cool. And uh, there's also going to be a discovery tour mode where you just get to navigate, like, around ancient Greece and, like, learn facts about it. Yeah, they did um, this as well for the one that was in Egypt. Yeah, for Origins. Uh, Yeah, and uh, that's just cool, you know? Yeah. Like, it's really cool for them to take the exhaustive research that they're doing when they're putting all this together and putting it toward a good cause. Yeah, like, making, like, educational. That's really neat. Yeah. Um, (laughs) we predicted, I predicted... That Just Dance 2020, uh, when it was revealed on the Ubisoft stage, that performers would dance on the stage to a BTS song. Right. Specifically, uh, Boy With Love, or the song Just Dance. (laughs) Uh, And when Just Dance happened, a bunch of performers danced on stage to a black pink song so close so close so far uh like they they danced to k-pop on stage it just was not bts (laughs) maybe like i either bts was too expensive for them or they're still they're still negotiating that either way i I feel like we could see them next year you know yeah i guess for now with regard to bts not being featured in just dance you could just say boo that sucks what? BTS. <sighs> <laughs> Sorry to any BTS stands watching this podcast, of which I'm sure is a minimum of one because they're really mainstream now. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. BTS is everywhere. Yeah. I said, when I realized that BTS wasn't going to be on the Ubisoft stage, uh-huh. uh, I said, oh my, 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 oh my, my, my. Oh wow. my my my! <laughs> you really, you really got deep in there. <laughs> yeah, with, I did with the reference. Yeah. Well, sorry, Army. It uh, didn't happen this time. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Army. Also, fun Just Dance 2020 fact: it's coming to the Wii, <laughs> not the Wii U. Right. It is not coming to the Wii U, but it is coming to the Wii. Well, okay, guys. Yeah. The last time I played Just Dance, it was out for the Wii, but that was in 2009, probably. <laughs> so. Yeah, just Just Dance has been making, like, titles for the Wii. This was their 10th anniversary, so they've been doing it for 10 years. Okay. Like, yeah. Um, 
yeah, like it's crazy that that's still a profitable venture for them. People are still going out and buying Just Dance for the Wii. Right. Yeah. Well, there you go. We predicted that there would be DLC for Far Cry New Dawn and The Division 2. Far Cry New Dawn was not at the conference at all. The Division 2 got like an entire DLC plan outlined with like three phases. Right. So yeah, uh, I think we got that one half right. Yeah. Uh, we predicted that they do the thing they did last year where they're like, hey, here's some Beyond Good and Evil 2. It's not going to be done for years, <laughs> but here it is because we know it's a crowd pleaser. Beyond Good and Evil 2 did not show up in any capacity. Yep. Um, Watch Dogs 3. We talked about the leak involving it being set in London. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we figured that, yeah, it'd be talked about. It sure was. They yeah. opened with it. It's called Watch Dogs Legion. It is in London, and it looks really cool. Yeah, this is the most interested I've been in a Watch Dogs game, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Just this this game looks so ambitious. Yeah. Like, I, I have not seen a game this ambitious in a really long time. It's it wild. It's like... I, uh, it's, it's really like too good to be true vibes. Like you can play as every character <laughs> mm-hmm. in the game. Uh, each character has their own animations, their own voice lines, their own unique missions and their own like ability set and skills. Yeah. Uh, like I saw a clip of the uh, person demoing the game playing as like a grandma yeah uh and uh just having to move around like a grandma and you know uh-huh. uh just completely wild that they've gone to that level of detail and specificity yeah uh, really blew me away yeah and like i just i can't imagine this uh the full game actually being executed as smoothly as like the gameplay demo showed, you know, like, right. Well, I mean, that's kind of the experience we had with Watch Dogs one, right? Like they were demoing and it looked completely sick. And then it came out and it was kind of like, well, you can't do everything that we thought we'd be able to do. Um, yeah. Like to, to, to an extent, like really like the, like Watch Dogs one was mostly like, wow, this game looks gorgeous graphically. And then the, then the launch game looked way worse right but also yeah i think you're right that some of the features they implied you could do mm-hmm. were really only doable on a much smaller scale yeah yeah i uh yeah so i'm i'm a little skeptical about Watch Dogs 3 but if like if that vertical slice they showed us is actually indicative of the full product that's gonna be fucking amazing yeah i hope that it's as good as it looks yeah me too we predicted a shadow drop mm-hmm. shadow drops are fun yeah they did shadow drop Adventure Time characters in Brawlhalla. Right. Just uh they they showed a fun little animated trailer where Jake and Finn are playing at we're playing Brawlhalla together and then they jump into the game mm-hmm. to sort of challenge each other. Finn was clearly voiced by the guy that voices Finn and Jake was either John DiMaggio phoning it in worse than I've ever heard him <laughs> phone it in or it was not a, a not good sound alike. Yeah. Uh, either way, it was kind of jarring to hear that version of Jake. Uh, but yeah, that that was cute. That was cute. Sure. A full game did not shadow drop during the Ubisoft conference, though. Right. Uh, Mario and Rabbids 2 was something we predicted, and that it would include Wario and Rabbid Waluigi. I still think that Mario and Rabbids 2 does exist, and okay. that it will have Wario and Rabbid Waluigi. But it was not shown at this conference in any capacity. Right. And finally, Sean predicted that Aisha Tyler would come back. 
She was there in spirit, but not in body or in any way that could be observed by the human eye. Did she even, like, tweet about the conference? I'm not sure. I, well, I don't follow her on Twitter. I have no idea. <laughs> then how is she there in spirit? Uh, because I want to win this prediction. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Favorite thing we didn't predict. Uh, I have a couple, like, kind of small ones because, uh, really, I wasn't especially outside of Watch Dogs mm-hmm. Legion. I wasn't, uh, which, by the way, is coming out March 6th, 2020. Okay. Um, I wasn't especially blown away by this conference. Uh, so there's a couple things I, uh, a couple little things I liked. One was uh, Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. Mm-hmm. was actually, like, <laughs> both my favorite thing I didn't predict and my least favorite thing I didn't predict. <laughs> because Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet is a TV series being developed by Mac from Always Sunny, mm-hmm. who he uh, who also stars as like this egotistical game developer, okay. right? Developing like this popular MMO, uh, this fictional MMO that's all the rage called Mythic Quest, and it's about to release its first expansion called Raven's Banquet. Right. Um, Danny Pudi's in it. Okay. Ashley Birch is in it, oh. uh, and she's uh, she's both a character and a writer for the show. That's cool. So like. So like the trailer for it made it feel like like it made it feel really authentic, you mm-hmm. know, like it uh it felt like the people making these video game jokes knew about video games. Right, it wasn't just like you ate my high score with Pac-Man. Bazinga. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like the joke wasn't just someone saying N64. Yeah. Right? Like it's like, "Huh, I I might watch that on whatever platform it comes out for." The platform is Apple TV Plus. Ah, uh, Apple TV Plus, the Epic Games Store of streaming services. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's actually not true, as far as I know. I just felt like doing that. No, this that's pretty good, actually. I, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm opted into a lot of streaming services, and I don't really feel like adding to that list. Right? I'm on Hulu. I'm on Netflix. I'm on Crunchyroll. Yeah, I'm gonna be suckered into getting Disney Plus. <laughs> uh, I'm probably going to end up getting a month or two of DC Universe just so I can watch right. the new season of Young Justice. Can't blame me for that. Yeah. Oh, God. It, it actually looks pretty good. Yeah. But that means that, like, you know, that's that. I want that to be my limit. I don't want to buy any more streaming services just to watch one or two, like, exclusive shows I'm interested in. Yeah. Which means I'm probably never going to see Mythic Quest, Raven's Banquet, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, unless they offer it in a different way down the line. Yeah. You know, what's funny is that like, I'm not someone who pirates things uh, because I'm incredibly paranoid that I will get caught and that the FBI will like break down my door or whatever. I, um, <laughs> I also don't pirate things, but for a couple of different reasons. One, I like to support things I'm interested in and yeah. I try to, I try to make that like a general rule, you know, mm-hmm. like if it's something I want to see, I try to I try to buy it, you know. Yeah. Um. But also, the sites that you can stream pirated content on are just <laughs> like really shady, and I like my paranoia is mm. that it will load my computer so full of viruses that it will explode. I was thinking more of like torrenting. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, um, I I don't love torrenting either for similar reasons. But but you know when streaming services like Netflix initially started to become the norm. My thought at the time was like, man, this is great. Like, no one will have to pirate anymore. Yeah, you know, right. You just pay a subscription. 
And now what's funny is that everything has become so fragmented and everyone wants to make their own streaming service Uh that I've been seeing a lot of kind of funny memes that are like, you know, (laughs) uh, that are kind of like my initial view. Right. And then, you know, some executive in a suit is like, hey, we're doing our own our own streaming service. And then the guy's like, guess I'll just pirate it. And they're like, no, wait. (laughs) Uh, You know, like, I feel as though we're going to experience this kind of resurgence of pirating entertainment where it had been kind of winding down and to be clear i i do prefer this to like cable you know yes i would rather live in this reality than cable but i do wish that like people would just make contracts with netflix yeah instead of this horrible horrible like black mirror reality that we're living (laughs) in where if you like for every show you want to watch it has its own streaming service yeah i i do think that if like if the fragmentation keeps escalating and keeps splitting more and more that like, we're going to wind up in a reality where, where streaming content is in a worse state than cable was. Yeah. When we, when we left cable, you know, like we're either going to have to figure this out or what's more likely there will be some new way to consume content that we could never have anticipated that will happen. Yeah. And this will just repeat in a cycle until the end of time. I have, I feel like that's a pretty safe prediction, honestly. Yeah. Anyway, that fucking tangent aside, <sighs> uh, the other thing that was my favorite thing about the Ubisoft conference that I didn't predict was John Bernthal's dog. <laughs> to see, he brought a pit bull on stage because he has a rescue pit bull and he wants the public view of pit bulls to to change and for people to stop seeing pit bulls as these dangerous dogs yeah so he brought his really docile really adorable <laughs> pit bull on a stage with him and his pit bull just lay down on the stage and just chilled while he pitched whatever game he was a splinter cell thing or something sure yeah yeah like splinter cell wild boys splinter <laughs> sure splinter oh oh um not splinter uh ghost recon uh-huh uh ghost recon breakpoint okay he he was kind of the the face of like that trailer sure and then he came out with this cute dog that was my favorite part yeah not to go on another tangent but for the record there are no bad dogs there are only bad owners of dogs agree completely with that yeah, yeah. like uh you don't have to be frightened of you know every pit bull we don't need legislation that is like banning people from owning pit bulls and the kind of shit that some people are trying to do yeah like there's nothing inherently wrong with pit bulls as a dog breed they just have a reputation yeah so john bernthal is a treasure for him doing that yes yeah um also uh there are no bad dogs but there is one best dog and his name is ziggy he ziggy is my dog he is a shih tzu and he is very cute and very chill uh so let's talk about square enix <laughs> <laughs> well wait what's your what's your favorite thing that you didn't predict oh yeah well i said this already but just being able to play as the grandma in Watch Dogs legion yeah that yeah. really came out of left field and was really cool no that's fair square enix yes we, indeed we made a decent chunk of predictions about this and i think our turnout was pretty good yeah um so first of all uh final fantasy remake final fantasy 7 remake mm-hmm. we predicted a couple things first that it would get uh a release date somewhere in between fall 2019 and Q1 2020. Mm-hmm. March 3rd, 2020 is Q1. Yeah, nailed that. Yeah, nailed it. Another thing we nailed, I said that, uh, you know, they, they mentioned that Final Fantasy VII would, um, would be broken into parts. Mm-hmm. And I said that this first part, the one that would release in Q1 2020, would end when Cloud leaves Midgar. Right. And during 
the conference during the presentation, they said that uh, that Midgar that this first chunk would be Midgar. Yeah, and uh, they they even showed some some of the trailer had Cloud running around uh, a place that that he is in right before he leaves Midgar. <laughs> right. So, one hundred percent called that shit. Yeah, we did think it'd be called Final Fantasy VII Remake Part One. Confusingly, it's just called Final Fantasy VII Remake. I don't know what they're going to call the other parts of the Final Fantasy VII Remake. Final Fantasy VII Remake 0.2 Duodecim. <laughs> Fun facts. Uh, Jason Schreier of Kotaku mm-hmm. asked the director of Final Fantasy VII Remake how many parts Final Fantasy VII Remake would be made of. Mm-hmm. The director responded... I can't answer that question because I don't know yet. Holy shit, <laughs> guys. <laughs> wow. That all said, you know, that not filling me with a lot of faith for the way this project is going to end. Yeah. That all said, all the footage of Final Fantasy VII Remake looked fucking really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really, really great. No, that, um, like, yeah. like, man, they, they really found a great way to, like, Make it an action RPG, which I was tentative about, mm-hmm. and also like have all the elements that we love about Final Fantasy VII's battles, yeah, like in there. You know, like God, it looks cool. Yeah, I love that each character like has their own play style and their mm-hmm. own fight animations, and uh, and like God, it, it looks really cool. Um, they finally showed off Tifa, and the crowd went fucking nuts. Yes. Like, every time she was on screen. Well, I mean, she, to be fair, in addition to her being a fan favorite and everything else. Yeah. Uh, her gameplay also looked, to me, the coolest. It does, She, yeah. like, you know, Cloud's, like, slashing his sword. That's cool. Barrett's, like, shooting his gun. That's fine. Tifa is doing, like, anime fighting game combos. <laughs> like, knocking things into the air and doing these, like, flurries of punches. Like, very cool stuff. Barrett's shooting his gun. That's fine. Before Tifa was on screen, you were like, I can't wait to play this game so I can play Barrett Simulator 2020. Yeah, and then Tifa was like, hey, I'm a fighting game character. And I was like, oh! <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think Barrett does look really cool. Yes, yeah, I agree. But Obviously. You're, but you're right, Tifa's... Yeah, everything about Tifa was legit great. Yeah. Like, her design's really good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she's she's great. Yeah, really looking forward to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Me too. Coming out March 3rd, 2020, and March 2020 is going to be an interesting month already. Mm. We got Watch Dogs, we got Final Fantasy VII Remake, we're going to talk about another game that's coming out March 2020. Okay. Yeah, uh, and so that's that's going to be a fun month, and I feel like a minimum of one game in that month is going to be delayed. <laughs> my yeah, money's on Watch Dogs. Okay. My, my money's on Watch Dogs Legion. I can see it. We wanted to get the grandma physics just right, so we're delaying <laughs> this game. <laughs> Actually, we're renaming it Watch Dogs Grandma Physics. Oh, man. Because they're that important. I would play that game a yeah, lot. Yeah, me too. Me too, man. <laughs> uh, we made some Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC predictions. We yeah. thought they, that there'd be a video for it. There was a video for it, and I made some predictions about what the DLC would be made of specifically. Sora would not be playable. Right. It would focus on other playable characters. It would heavily feature Final Fantasy characters. Uh, Radiant Garden would show up as a playable world, and that there would be no new Disney World. Right. Uh, the first three things I said, uh, at least as of the trailer we saw, none of them were correct. Right. We did not see playable Radiant Garden. Sora was playable at one point in the video uh-huh. with a new form, and there were no Final Fantasy characters shown still. 
Uh, however, uh, it did show other characters as being playable mm-hmm. during parts of Kingdom Hearts three that we've already seen. Yes, um, like it showed uh, it showed Roxas, Aqua, and Riku as playable during parts that they were previously not playable. Right, but during parts that are also already in the game in some capacity. Yeah. Uh, you know what? What we've seen of it um, does look pretty cool. I thought, yeah, like uh, you know, we saw a number of characters obviously that uh, are not Sora who are playable, and they all seem to have like very unique and cool fighting styles. Yeah, uh, and uh, I am uh, you know interested in getting more information about it, but uh, my initial impression was that it looks neat. Yeah, me, me too. I, I do think it will be neat. Yeah, and I think. Uh... I think once it's out, we can kind of expect, like, a final mix amount of content minimum. Cool. Yeah. I would love that. Me too. Uh, We predicted that there would be an Oninaki release date. Mm -hmm. Oninaki did get a release date. The release date is August 22nd, 2019. Okay. We predicted that the trademarks for Collection of Mana would lead to a Collection of Mana announcement in the United States that would include Saiken Detsetsu 3... With a new localized name. Right. This was not shown at the Square Direct. It was shown at the Nintendo Direct. Yeah. However, it was shown. Psychic Nintendo 3 is coming to the States mm-hmm. um, in the collection of Mana. And Psychic Nintendo 3 is now called Trials of Mana. Yeah. Uh, the collection of Mana shadow dropped <laughs> uh, during the Nintendo Direct. I'm very excited about this. Yeah. Um, I. I uh, have not picked it up yet because right now I just feel as though um, forty was it forty bucks forty bucks yeah I feel as though forty bucks is kind of a, a bitter pill to swallow for me at this moment like I already have so many other games sure yeah um, but I am generally very excited about this uh, yeah like Second Density Three was like one of like your childhood games oh it totally was yeah. yeah that was that was actually a big uh, one of my friends from high school, Tommy, and I yeah. would uh, constantly start a new file of the translated, you know, hack of the game. Yeah. Uh, and get to a certain point and then abandon our playthrough and then try it again. Right. And it was, <laughs> we lived about 40 minutes away from each other, so we'd have to do it online. And there was this incredibly complicated way that you had to connect to do it. Uh-huh. And we would just do it every time. Like, we'd spend like an hour trying to connect <laughs> to each other and then we'd play the game for a while um so you know i guess at this point we don't know if there will be any multiplayer at all in this collection uh trials of mana has two-player multiplayer cool okay. uh it's local multiplayer yeah doesn't have online multiplayer secret of mana has three-player multiplayer that's good uh final fantasy adventure single player okay yeah so uh you know if i uh ever have the opportunity to visit Tommy or if Tommy comes to visit me, because now we live much further than 40 minutes away from each other. Yeah. He's in Texas. Uh, I'll look forward to uh, playing that game with him again, whether or not we wind up beating the whole thing. Yeah. That would be rad. Yeah. You know, what's funny is that uh, a couple of days before E3, uh, like Polygon or somebody did a random interview with the designers of Saiken and Setsu 3. Huh. And at the time, I thought, like, oh, this is kind of cool. You know, maybe uh, maybe they're just doing it for the collection of mana, you know, like yeah. hyping it up a little bit. Uh-huh. And then they released a remake of that game, or, you know, they announced a remake of that game yeah. instead. Right. Well, we'll talk about that in a, little, in a hot minute. Okay. Well. Yeah. They, you know, they, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in, in its slot. But, uh, Daniel loves outlines. I love outlines. <laughs> 
and yeah, like we, you know, we we predicted the collection of mana for for the square direct, so it makes sense to talk about it here. Sure, we did not predict the other thing. Yeah. Um. So uh, we predicted a release date, uh, U.S. release date for Romancing Saga three. Mm-hmm. Instead, we got like a little saga section. Yeah. Where they talked about Romancing Saga three, and they talked about Saga Scarlet Grace, a game that's been stuck in Japan for years. And they're like, hey, we're localizing both of them. Coming soon. <laughs> right. uh, no release date for either. Uh, but hopefully 2019 releases for both. I'd really like that. Uh, Dragon Quest Eleven Switch coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did show some Dragon Quest Eleven Switch stuff. Yeah. I thought there'd be a release date for it. The release date was not at the... They, they said fall 2019 uh-huh. uh, during the Square Enix conference. But then during Nintendo's Direct... They gave it an actual release date of September 27th. I see. Um, and you know what? I think I'm getting it. Like, <laughs> I uh, I was kind of on the fence because, mm-hmm. like, there was no version of Dragon Quest XI that felt definitive to me. Sure. You know? Because, like, Dragon Quest XI-esque clearly took a graphical hit. There's clearly a graphical downgrade compared to the PS4 version. Yeah. But the Switch version adds so many features. Mm-hmm. And, like, and the more I see of... The Switch version of Dragon Quest S, like, you know, the more I'm like, you know, it doesn't look that bad. Okay. It doesn't look as good as the PS4 version, but, like, it it doesn't look bad. Sure. Yeah. Like, it looks like a competently rendered 3D game, and I could definitely play a game that looks like that for 100 hours if I, if I had to. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and it looks like just a really neat JRPG, so I'm, so I'm getting it. Nice. I'll look forward to you playing it. Me, I'll look forward to me playing it too, Sean. All right. <laughs> do you, I, I don't, I don't understand. Do you want to move on from this subject? Do you want to talk <laughs> about something else? I mean, look, it's you know, it's a game that's already out that we know about, and uh, it uh, looks uh, fine. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I think that all the stuff they're adding to the Switch version, mm-hmm. like, is notable. You know, like, I, I do like being able to swap. You know, to yeah. the, uh, to the kind of classic dragon quest two-dimensional uh graphics that's neat yeah like uh like there was initially the 3ds version of the game that had like sort of that super nintendo graphic yeah. style and there was the ps4 version that had the the contemporary graphic style and then in switch you can swap between both versions on the fly right like, at any cool. time yeah i feel as though there'll be like speed running strats you know like oh okay, my we're, god we're swapping right. to the 16-bit version because it's faster to get across the world map this oh my way. god you're right yeah you're right. that's absolutely gonna happen <laughs> yeah then there was a nice lengthy discussion of final fantasy 14 Shadowbringers. yeah this this actually got more airtime than i was expecting considering that they like mostly covered stuff we already knew about yeah um, did, did we already know the release date july 3rd or whatever uh, i think so yeah uh, yeah like uh we already knew the release date. We already knew uh, the gameplay features they were covering, and there was a story trailer that kind of like dropped some lore bombs. But you know, like oh. I mean, oh yeah, that's like fine. <laughs> yeah, like it's like oh, you heard that they weren't gods. Well, they were gods in a fashion. Yeah, the first <laughs> primals, and I'm just sitting there like, uh, okay. <laughs> And, and like so I was like, ooh, right. The first primals. Yeah, that's that's a cool revelation in the lore of the game. But I don't want to go on a tangent about that. Fair, thank you for yeah. that. Uh, we predicted, Sean predicted specifically that there'd be footage of the near automata raid event. Uh, there was not. Yeah, there was not. Yeah, we predicted some details for Babylon's Fall, the platinum developed game. 
uh, that Square Enix announced they were publishing last year. We did not see shit about Babylon's Fall, and I'm yeah. a little worried about that game's yeah. development. Yeah, that was surprising. <laughs> uh, here's a prediction that I'm I'm pretty proud of. I said uh, that Life is Strange 2 would show up during the conference. Right. Uh, that they would not show footage uh, or announce anything relating to any chapter that was happening in the future. <laughs> they would just... They would just show stuff that's already been released and remind us that the game is out so more people will buy it. Right. And that is exactly what happened. Yeah. It was just a trailer that sort of recapped the first three chapters of the game and said, join the story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which, uh, you know, if you uh, like narrative-driven games, then maybe join the story. Life is Strange 2 is really neat. Yeah. Uh, Amy and I have played the first couple chapters. We're about to play the third chapter, and like... When that when that recap trailer was happening, we were both just like we were both like frozen <laughs> with anxiety that something major was going to get spoiled for us. Right, and uh, mercifully, there weren't really any big spoilers for chapter three specifically. There were some major moments of chapters one and two in mm-hmm. that trailer, uh, but you know one of the great things about Life is Strange is that those were those were all major moments from certain outcomes in yeah. Life is Strange too. And they were outcomes that did not match up with decisions that Amy and I made in our playthrough. <laughs> right. Uh, that game's that game's really cool. Yeah, uh, there's a I, lot of cool stuff I, that they do. I think a lot of people have ditched Life is Strange 2 because, like, fans of the first Life is Strange were specifically fans of Chloe and Max. Yeah. And because there's a new cast, Chloe and Max are not present at any point in the game. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that are just like, oh, I'm not... <laughs> I will play in this game, right? Like, where's Chloe and Max? But I think they're missing out on a really cool brand new story. Yeah, like, I will say that there's an extent to which I felt the same way when I found out, you know, details about Life is Strange 2. It was kind of yeah. like, well, I was, you know, interested in continuing that story. Sure. Um, but I will say that from what I've seen of your guys' playthrough of Life is Strange 2, it is a really cool game with a lot of really interesting narrative hooks. Yeah. And I am genuinely interested to see how that story unfolds. Yeah, me too. Uh, the voice acting is really hit or miss. I will say that, <laughs> but like if if you're if you brace for yourself for that, it's a cool game. More yeah. people should play it for sure. A Life is Strange related prediction I did not get right uh, is that I thought that they'd show the new project being made by Deck Nine, right? The creators of Before the Storm. No, that's nope. not ready yet. That is not ready yet. I predicted a shadow drop (laughs) to be at the Square Enix conference. Mm -hmm. And there was this time they shadow dropped the Switch version of Last Remnant Remastered. Yeah. uh, Which I'm interested in. It's like, uh, they, it's uh, it's 20 bucks. That's, that's a good price. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Last Remnant, I just have this, like, I think there's a lot about it that looks really interesting. Yeah. I do remember the uh, contemporary reviews of the game, you know, being like, this is fine. (laughs) Uh, So it's funny that they, like, keep bringing it back. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, you know. Yeah, I I wonder if they want to revitalize the franchise. Like, if they want to revisit it, you know? Like, The Last Remnant is a really weird game. Like, I I got it on PC, like, years and years ago. Yeah, it's sitting on my Steam account. I just haven't played it in a long time. I I stopped playing it at some point because my computer, like, could barely run it, you know? (laughs) Like, it didn't really run it properly at the time. Um, But there was some neat stuff going on, like, five-player battle system, like... uh, it tried some cool new things, but mm-hmm. it was also like kind of a just kind of a strange little game. Sure, but I, I do want to give it another shot on hardware that will run it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought that was cool. Yeah. Our final prediction 
that we made is that the Avengers game would not show up at all. <laughs> it would not be at the conference and that they would show the Avengers game during the D23 event this August, the Disney the Disney event. They showed right. it at a Disney event and not as and not at a Square event. A day after we made this prediction, <laughs> a day after the episode went up, Square Enix announced that Avengers would show up at the E3 conference. <laughs> and and I looked it. like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it definitely showed up. They they spent a lot of time on showing us this game, and yet we didn't see much of the game. I was going to say, you know, it's funny because like, they did show the game off, but I, I think they shouldn't have <laughs> if that was all that they had. Like, like uh, we saw a couple of snippets of gameplay that looked fine, but didn't really give us an idea of, you know, what the game would be like to play as a whole. Yeah. And then there was just a lot of weird, like, they did kind of this round table with the voice actors. Let, and then, let's, and let's the... talk about that for a hot second. Okay. The voice actors are Troy Baker, yeah. Nolan North, <laughs> Travis Willingham, and Laura Bailey, uh-huh. the four most expensive voice actors in the video game industry right now. It made me think about those romantic comedies that come out every Christmas that have an ensemble cast of 25 of the most expensive actors. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, uh, I can't remember what they're called, but you know exactly what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, ab- yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, same deal. And then, and then at the end of the roundtable they did... Nolan North was like, and I'm going to show you some content that you're definitely going to want to see. And it was and literally it was, just like a conversation between Tony Stark and Bruce Banner. It was a 30-second cutscene. Yeah. yeah. A 30-second cutscene, 20 seconds of which we'd already seen during their montage. Yeah, and it looked like ass, I, I thought. I did well, not think that that... I Like, when you kind of zoomed in on the characters, I didn't think that game looked very impressive. I thought the game actually looked really good. Okay. I, th- I think... I think what's turning some people off about it visually is that the character models are all ins- clearly heavily inspired mm-hmm. by the MCU actors, but they're not likenesses. <laughs> so it's just like a little jarring that like you you you're looking at like off brand Robert Downey Jr. talking to like skinny Mark Ruffalo, you know, See, like to, to me it's almost like the Grand Theft Auto problem. Where, like, when you're looking at it kind of zoomed out and you're admiring the environments and everything, you're like, okay, this is a handsome game. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, a cutscene where you're up close and personal. And you're like, oh, you know, actually, your face looks like it's carved out of a potato. <laughs> uh, that was kind of the impression that I got. <laughs> I, I thought the character models all looked good, too. But Captain America specifically did have a bit of potato <laughs> face. Yeah, I, I did see some potato face on Captain America, but I actually thought that, like, Tony Stark looked really good. Mm-hmm. That Bruce Banner looked really good. Um, Scarlett Johansson, uh, Black Black Widow. <laughs> yeah, Black Widow looked fine. Yeah. Um, and Hulk looked good. Yeah. Thor Th- Thor was like medium good. Um, yeah, <laughs> like, um, I think the character models themselves were largely good, but their visual like makeup, their their designs, mm. something was a bit off about them because like they they did a weird like middle thing between original designs and mcu likenesses it's difficult for me to separate out like where where my disaffection for the character models kind of starts and ends with how much they look like the weird 
kind of like half brothers of the cast of the Avengers movies. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I just, I have some trouble with it. No, I, I, I think that's fair. It's like, yeah. Like I, I, I think they really should have gone either full likenesses or full like mm-hmm. new designs. And they went in the middle and that's a weird place to be. And then you have like, you know, uh, the voice actors doing pseudo impressions of their film counterparts too, yeah, yeah, and that just yeah. makes it even more like bizarre. Yeah, you're right. Like Nolan North is just doing a Robert Downey Jr. impression <laughs> right. to the extent that he was like doing it during the round table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very strange. Very strange. Um, however, I'm still looking forward to that game. I feel like it's. It's going to be cool. I just like Crystal Dynamics last game was Tomb Raider, right? Mm-hmm. So and Tomb Raider did a thing where like they had a lot of moments where you could technically control the character, but it was more cinematic right. than it was like you feeling like you were you were actively controlling this character. Mm-hmm. So like when I saw some of these Avengers set pieces and like the the point five seconds of gameplay of like Hulk like running down the the street and like like fucking punching a car out of the way right Right. like like it's like is that going to be something i can do by pressing a button or is that like uh i get or or is that like a a crystal dynamic cinematic so i really want to see like more like legit gameplay yeah um that said i i think i think what i saw is promising i i'm looking forward to like playing that game potentially and i do really appreciate that they're like hey this game is going to have free updates for its lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, no loot boxes, no pay to win stuff. Uh, like it's funny and sad that like that has to be something that a game company says about mm-hmm. like a, a AAA blockbuster release. I appreciate that we're going that way though. Yeah, nice. and I'm I'm really glad that they said that. Yeah, and, and you know to be clear, I should say that by and large I am looking forward to this game. Yeah, uh, I I guess really the best way to put it is that I'm looking forward to learning more about it. Yes, um, I think that either this was just too early of an info dump or a bad info dump for what could be a very good game. Yes. I agree with that. So, favorite thing we didn't predict, Sean? Uh, The Final Fantasy VIII remaster. Yeah, that looks cool. I really thought that they were just going to forget about Final Fantasy VIII for the rest of time. Me too. (laughs) Uh, So, I'm very pleased. You know, I I have played a decent chunk of Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, I never beat it. Same. And I've always wanted to go back, because (laughs) even though it is a very divisive game, and I think for good reason... They do a lot of really interesting stuff in it that they've never done in subsequent games. Yeah. Uh, and I just kind of wanted to have that full experience. So it's cool that I'll be able to do that, you know, in high def and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I I played Final Fantasy VIII uh, up until, like, like a really, a twist that at the time I thought was really dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, but And then I was like, I'm going to push through. I'm going to keep playing. Um, and I got to the end of the second disc. Uh, I had a friend, uh, I, maybe I should put the word friend in quotation marks, uh, because this guy, uh, you know, he was just kind of, he was kind of quiet and strange. And I was like, you know, this guy's a nerd like me. I, you know, I'm going to put him, I'm going to put him in our friends group and he's going to hang with us and it'll be cool. Sure. So like, you know, one, one, like you're a couple times where he just like hung out with us at a, at my place and we all play games together and it went pretty cool, you know, like, uh-huh. 
Yeah, I, uh, let's just call him Anthony, um, <laughs> because I don't remember whether or not that was his real name. Okay. Uh, yeah, Anthony hung out with us a couple times, and then like I, I played some Final Fantasy VIII. I, I got to the third disc, and then uh, and then the third disc crashed at a really like. A, a really important moment, right? Mm-hmm. And it kept crashing at that exact moment. So, like, you know, I, I'm frustrated. Like, the next day at school, I'm, like, eating lunch with Anthony. I'm like, yeah, I, I keep... Like, I'm playing Final Fantasy VIII right now, but the disc keeps messing up on me. And Anthony goes, oh, yeah, that's my disc. Uh, <laughs> last time I was at your house, I took your working disc three of Final Fantasy VIII, swapped it with my disc of Final Fantasy VIII that doesn't work, and went home and beat Final Fantasy VIII. God. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, I, uh, I can give you the disc back. And then I never saw him again. What's remarkable <laughs> to me about that story, Anthony, is simultaneously smart enough to pull off a con like that. Yeah. And then dumb enough to immediately admit it to you. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, you weren't even, you didn't even suspect him. Oh, no, you know? I it's never not would like, have. hey, man, did you swap out my disc? Just like, oh, man, it's not working. And he's like, yeah, that's entirely my fault. Yeah, right. I did something incredibly selfish and probably illegal. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'll give it back to you. Never mind. Peace out. I'm going to Alaska. <laughs> or whatever. Like, he went to the same school. He just, like, successfully, like, ghosted me. <laughs> At that school for the rest of Holy my shit. yeah for the rest of my senior year. I actually like that even better because it's just like hey Anthony like runs off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. God. Oh man, I like. <laughs> and anyway, that's the story of why I have trust issues. So Daniel, what thing were you amazed <laughs> by that you didn't um, predict? So uh, I. You know, I, I briefly touched on this, but the fact that Saga Scarlet Grace is getting a localization, mm-hmm. yeah, I really appreciate that. Uh, that's that's really cool. I've heard a lot of great things about Saga Scarlet Grace. Apparently yeah. it's the best Saga game, and it's just been stuck in Japanese for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've always been like, okay, if this game ever comes out in English, I'm gonna buy it, and that might never happen. And uh, it's coming soon. Cool. So, yeah. Uh, I think... I'm probably actually a little more excited about Final Fantasy VIII Remaster. Sure. But since you're more excited about that than I am, <laughs> figured I'd let you have that one. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome, my man. The Devolver Digital Conference happened actually right after the Bethesda one, but uh, but it's a weird place in the outline. So um, the Devolver Digital, our prediction was that it would be dumb, have a maximum of three actual announcements, but that one of them would be really cool. It um, was dumb. Yeah, it was dumb. I... It had a few more yeah. than three announcements. It had like a, at least a couple more. Like they announced some release dates, uh, but I don't really remember them super well because I was distracted by how dumb the conference was. <laughs> uh, the however, the Devolver bootleg announcement was funny. Yeah, that, uh, that, that was that, good. Yeah, like it's it's just like it, it's just a pack of games that are ripping off of their own games and like kind of like that eight bit style. My favorite was. Um... As as a playoff of Hotline Miami, they had Hotline Milwaukee, which <laughs> yeah. is just fucking great. Yeah. Like what a like <laughs> like I just imagine like naming that you're trying to think of like the shittiest substitute for Miami that yeah. you can, <laughs> yeah. and you just land on the perfect answer. Yeah. It's three syllables. Yeah, it ends in an I sound, and uh-huh. it's Milwaukee. Yeah, you no. know, like good job, guys. Yeah, no, that's that's really funny. Um. 
I will say... Sorry to any of our fans who live in Milwaukee. I've never been there. I'm sure it's lovely. <laughs> you asshole. It's like two hours away by train. I really should just go there. <laughs> yeah, yep. Priority number one, go to Milwaukee. <laughs> yes, that's Francis. me. Yeah. I put that right on top of the list. <laughs> Going to Milwaukee. <laughs> Woo! Uh, I love how, like, in, like, two seconds flat, you're like, Milwaukee's so fucking shitty. To, I really need to go to Milwaukee. That's, well, I, that's the thing I need most in my I life. I mean, not for any particular reason. It's just, like, literally, like, it wouldn't take me that long to get there, and I've never been there before. You know, expand my horizons. Go to Milwaukee. You know, it wouldn't take me any time at all to just dunk my hand into a toilet bowl. Really need to get on that. Now you're insulting Milwaukee. I, I'm just saying your logic is dumb. I'm not saying Milwaukee is. Thanks, Daniel. I'm saying that you're dumb. <laughs> uh, anyway, I will say that the Devolver Digital press conference this time actually did make me laugh a couple times. Yeah, yeah, there, they had some stuff in there, there. There were a couple funny gags. And one thing I'll say is that the woman, like, presenting, uh, like, the, the presenter woman that kind of, like, quote-unquote, like, hosted the Devolver Direct. Right. She's really great in that, like, she's a really excellent actress. Yeah, and totally committed to the shitty role that she's been cast in. <laughs> really, actually, like, everybody who's in those, it's like, you know, you're actually, like, you're into this. Like, yeah. you are really going for it. Yeah. Uh, it's just a shame that it's bad. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, uh, I, I don't want to just say it's bad, but it's definitely not, like, our thing. It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we we we've had some fans tell us like oh I like I fucking love the Devolver Direct you know yeah I, I actually have some Facebook friends who are really into it and yeah, I same. don't understand you but it's fine that you're into <laughs> it. yeah it's it's just like that brand of humor you know it's mm -hmm. just very much that like that Tim and Eric thing followed by the I forgot that these things have a post show like hosted by Max right. Scoville where instead of ripping off Tim and Eric, they rip off the Eric Andre show. <laughs> right. Right. Where like, they're, they're just like sitting in a studio together and just like yelling incoherent things. And anyway, I did not watch the whole post show. Yeah. I did that one year. <laughs> I did that one year and it was a year <laughs> that they're like, okay, Hey, uh, since you're watching the post show, we've got something really special to show you. And then they emulated arcade games <laughs> off of an emulator. <laughs> For like twenty minutes, which is in hindsight, that's fucking genius. Yeah, no, and that's really funny, right? Like telling a story about it, it's really funny. I was not amused, like seeing it happen right. unfolding in real twenty minutes of my life. God, yeah, like expecting like maybe some kind of announcement near the end. You know, on kind of like a uh, a sort of meta or like looking at the whole picture of what Devolver Digital is doing, there is something genius about just like brutally satirizing. E3's kind of announcement culture. Oh yeah, no, I love the high concept of what right, they do. Right, exactly. It's just the execution really bugs me for the most part. Yeah, I it's, mostly it's, really don't like it. Yeah, it's it's just like I I want to find a word better than like cringe, you know. Yeah. But like it, like they they definitely like part of their execution like really banks on it being uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, and yeah. like I don't. That's not fun for me. I, I don't like, I'm like, wow, you made me feel uncomfortable. Great job. Right. You know, like I, you, you need to execute that in a really specific way uh -huh. for me to admire you for it. No. Like yeah. you're like, you're doing it in kind of a, a, like a sloppy, like shock factor kind of way, you know, like, yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, I, I just, I want you to try harder. No, same. Yeah. I, and 
And what's really unfortunate too, I was thinking about this after I finished watching the conference was that um, like now they're into this so deep that even if they wanted to try something else, they can't, you know, <laughs> right. they, they put so much lore in their yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. People like, would be really disappointed. Yeah. There, there is else. a, there is a, like a, a narrative that is right. flowing through each year they do this. Like this continued from a cliffhanger and ended on another cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh they're in way too deep. Yeah, but you know, I, I feel like they wouldn't want to withdraw anyway. Oh no, I, of I, course not. I, I feel like I just they're... mean if all of them were suddenly like, Wow, I have common sense <laughs> you know, they just couldn't back out. I do want to say that I love Devolver Digital as a publisher. Yes. And I think all the games they showed are really cool. There's that fucking, uh, what was it called? Carrion? Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, this is a game that I have been aware of back when, like, the developer was just posting stuff on, you know, social media, like, sharing sites and going like, hey, I'm working on this cool game. Do you guys have any feedback for me? <laughs> and now it's like a Devolver Digital game. It's the The idea is that it is a reverse survival horror game. Yeah, an inverted survival horror game yeah. or something, right? Yeah. Where you're playing as the hideous monster that's attacking helpless humans. Yeah. Um, and you just kind of play as this, like, gross blood-red mass with, like, tent these sticky tentacles that's, like, skittering through vents and then, yeah. like, popping out and flinging people around. And I'm very excited about that game. No, it looks it looks very unique and very cool. Um, yeah, I really like, like, basically what, what they, what Devolver Digital has going on is really cool. Yeah. Um, the, 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 their conferences specifically are not my sense of humor and there's, and there's something as a, a guy that like reports on, on video game media, something I feel compelled Mm -hmm. to watch and, uh, it's, it's not the most fun thing for me. No, but, uh, but if you did enjoy the Devolver Digital uh, direct slash conference slash thing that they did. I'm very happy for you. Yeah, you know, good for you. I hope that you enjoy it while you're in Milwaukee. <laughs> <sighs> okay, we're past everything except Nintendo stuff. Woo! So Nintendo had several things that they did uh, since the last time we recorded. Uh, there were there was the Pokemon Direct. Mm-hmm. Um, for starters, we, uh, the Pokemon Direct happened after we recorded, but before the episode went up. Yeah, like the day after, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah so everyone already knew what we got right and what we got wrong, but I'll, I'll recap it anyway. A little, a little refresher. Yeah, uh, we predicted that the legendaries would definitely be revealed and be based off of wolves, mm-hmm. and that they'll have weird, barely localized Japanese <laughs> names. Uh, Zacian and Zamazenta. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, accurate. They're, they're based off of wolves, and uh, and they were revealed. Uh, there's a dog with a shield motif, and mm-hmm. another dog with a sword in its mouth. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Is that the which which one is the shield dog? Uh, Zamazenta. Yeah, Zamazenta. You know, they really kind of did some interesting things with its design to make it look like it almost reminds me of more of like a lion than a wolf with like yeah. a shield mane. Uh-huh. And then Zacian is just... That's like just a wolf with a yeah, sword in its mouth. just a dog with a sword in its mouth. Um, <laughs> Which has led to some very funny memes. I was going to say, there have been a lot of good pictures that I had never seen before of real-life dogs with knives in their yeah. mouths. 
Uh, was, so that's cool. I also love the picture of like Zamazenta's like Zacian, what's that you've got there? And Zacian's like, a knife. And <laughs> no. <Zamazenta's>, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. If you guys haven't seen that meme, just go to YouTube and type in let me see what you have. Okay. And then watch the first video. Okay, I'll get right on that. Me, Daniel. Thanks. Who's Daniel. never seen this before? Never. No. <laughs> so, um, and and what's also funny is that like everyone I've talked to likes Zacian design more than Zamazenta, even though it's just a dog with a sword <laughs> in its mouth. Like I actually like Zamazenta more. I think Me the too. I think the motif is cooler and like it's it's a better like Pokemon design. You know, Z- mm. Zacian like breaks a rule of Pokemon designs. It doesn't even do it in a cool way. Right. Like, the the rule being that like if you're like you know like your your motif should be a part of you right yeah it shouldn't literally be a sword that you found (laughs) and put in your mouth right (laughs) like and yes there are pokemon that hold weapons but if you removed their weapon their motif would still be there you know Mm -hmm. like conkledur like has like the concrete like things in its arms okay like it's it's like the kind of like weird like muscly clown looking pokemon (laughs) you're uh, right with with like the concrete pillars but like you know, like, it's it's resembling, like, a construction worker, but, like, if you took away the concrete pillars, it would still be a construction worker Pokemon, you Right. Know? Like, Farfetch without his leak would still be a Farfetch, uh-huh. you know? But, like, Zacian's like, hi, I'm the sword Pokemon. Where's my sword? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'm just a dog now. I need to put it in my mouth. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I found it. Hit the horn. I was a dog. I was gonna fight you with my phone in my mouth. I'm a legendary Pokemon. I'm really cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's 20 seconds of my life I can never get back. (laughs) (laughs) It's just gone now. As I march slowly but surely toward my inevitable death, I will look back on when Daniel was impersonating Zacian or Zamazenta. Which one is it again? Zacian. Yeah, Zacian. And, uh, with, with regrets. My mom dog told me not to talk with my mouth full, but I have a form in my mouth. What else did they do at the Pokemon Direct, Daniel? <laughs> Can I fling my sword? Ah! I'm flinging my sword. God! <laughs> fling my sword right now. You people <laughs> listening, help me. Okay, I'm fling- Help <laughs> me. I gotta- I'm trapped with this man. I gotta make you know about flinging my sword because it's in We have my- a Patreon together. <laughs> it's on my mouth. Oh my so I, god. Whoop, 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 I'm looking at it again. I am <laughs> literally going to die. <laughs> I'm trapped in this podcast and I can't get out. Help me. Okay, you really have to sword. Anyway, another thing they did is they confirmed that the big stadiums are gyms. We predicted that, so that's pretty cool. I really like the gym designs. Die of sword. Anyway, Zacian died. How could you? <laughs> so, so the so they've confirmed that the, that the stadiums are gyms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bet they you didn't sure know did. that, huh, Sean? That's crazy. Yeah. So, so the stadiums. God damn it. <laughs> So, we that that got leaked before, uh, but um, 
but they they showed it they explained it finally and then yep. it's it's really cool i like that a lot actually yeah uh really i um you know they they talked about how the reason the stadiums are so big is that you can do this thing now where you can dynamax your pokemon like yeah. a giant uh-huh. and uh that looks cool i'm into that <laughs> it 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 looks cool it's it's funny that like i i said this on my twitter too but it's funny that like you know before a pokemon game comes out everyone kind of hypothesizes all these cool new features that the generation could right. have right like people were like Oh, what if there were special versions of Pokemon that were covered in armor because Sword and Shield, right? right? Like an armored Mewtwo could be like a part of that from the new Mewtwo movie. And uh and then like Nintendo, like Game Freak comes out and like we were proud to announce that we've made them big. <laughs> yeah. Um there was definitely you know, initially for me it was a little like, well, this is kind of stupid. Like that's they get big. Yeah, <laughs> big Pokeball. Yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, Pokemon battles with like kaiju sized Pokemon in stadiums is cool. Yeah, I, I I like the high concept enough and I see what they were going for that I'm I'm generally for it. And I also like that there are four player co op raid battles against Dynamax Pokemon. That's yes. cool too. Yeah, Dynamax Pokemon that stay in Dynamax form for the whole fight. Like yeah. that's that's neat. I do like that. Um I do think that Dynamax is kind of the weakest like Pokemon gimmick that we've seen in recent generations. Okay. Like I <clears throat> I uh I like it less than like Z moves and I definitely like it less than Mega Pokemon. I thought that Mega Pokemon were cool in the end. Uh yeah, <clears> you know, <throat> I sorry. Sure. <clears throat> <clears throat> it's weird when you when you make a weird voice and you make your your voice like really phlegmy so you can pretend to be a dog with a sword in his mouth. Like then your your neck like your your throat's just like filled with phlegm and you like can't get it out. Really you could have <laughs> You could have stopped at it's really weird when you pretend to be a dog with a sword in its mouth, and that could have been the end of that sentence. But you know what you said is fine too. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, um, proceed. Yeah, you know, I uh, I think that Mega Pokemon were cool aesthetically, but practically, I just didn't feel as though they made as big of an impact on like how I played Pokemon sure. as I would have liked. Yeah, so, but they- I. But I, you know, I get where you're coming from. Yeah, they made such a big splash in the meta that they have to, like, shove Mega Pokemon into every subsequent Pokemon <laughs> game somehow. Right. Um, uh, I, I do, one thing that I do appreciate about Dynamax, in addition to the Pokemon just being bigger, is that it seems as though the moves get appropriately bombastic kind of upgrades to their visuals. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, you would see, like, these big tsunamis going by and whatever else. Like, yeah. it really felt as though kind of the, they were wielding these primal elemental forces. Yeah, I, I do think that's cool. I think that it's gonna get kind of old because, like, <laughs> you're you're going to see like, one of 19 different animations, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's like, oh, here's here's the Dynamax normal attack, here's the <laughs> Dynamax fire attack, right. and there's not more than one of each, right? And then there's a... And then there were probably, like, a Dynamax stat-boosting ability. Okay. Right? That's that's kind of the vibe I'm getting. Um, I, if, the, if Dynamax attacks have more variety than that, then I'll, I'll be much more on board. Sure, I get you. But yes, we... Uh, I guess tangentially, we predicted that there would be a few new features, but they probably wouldn't reveal everything because right. that's kind of how Pokemon does things. And I, I do get that vibe. They yeah. showed Dynamaxing, they showed raid battles, but I feel there's plenty we haven't seen yet. Same. Sean predicted, and I agreed with him, that Pokemon Go implementation would be explained and that it would piss Sean off. 
I don't uh, think it was explained. Yeah, was remarkably, it? Yeah. not mentioned at all. Yeah, yeah, good job, guys. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it'll come up, but they're probably waiting to talk about it. Really, I, yeah, I was more impressed than upset by this direct. Another thing I really liked was the kind of open world thing that they have going on, where you yeah. can explore this big kind of world map. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I like that a lot too. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> they uh, they actually showed in the in the um, treehouse mm-hmm. stuff today that uh, that when you're exploring it, there's like roaming Pokemon, right? Yeah. Um, that you see the Pokemon in the grass, but also sometimes you'll see an exclamation point in the grass, and if you uh... run to the exclamation point. You can experience kind of the uh, the random encounter thing, okay, and and fight a Pokemon that you didn't see before. That's cool. so Nuzlocke stay intact, and I'm happy about that. <laughs> nice. We predicted that there would be between three and seven new non-legendary Pokemon shown. Right. Uh, we got into some specifics. We thought we'd see the kind of beginning of game rodent, the beginning of game bird, mm-hmm. and English bulldog, and maybe the Pikachu ripoff. Right. I got a little broader, and I said. At the very least, I think we'll see at least one cool Pokemon, one cute Pokemon, and one like Pokemon with kind of a silly, goofy design. Right. Um, first of all, those the specific predictions did not happen. No. Uh, we did not see the rodent. Uh, we might have seen an ev- like an evolution of the bird. Yeah. But uh, but we I don't think we've seen the first stage of it at the very yeah, least. not not the Pidgey type of situation. Yeah. Um, we did not see an English bulldog, and Sad. we didn't see the Pikachu ripoff. Uh, but. Uh, we saw Corviknight, mm-hmm. uh, the kind of like dark uh, ray, like the like the sort of really sort of edgy looking like crow Pokemon. Yeah, very intense aesthetic. Yeah, I, I'd say that's a cool design. Yeah, we saw Wooloo, the most adorable <laughs> fucking sheep. Yeah, who the internet has fallen in love with. Yes, uh, so I'd say that's at least one cute design, mm-hmm. and I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to bring forth, I'd like to propose that we consider Dreadnaw the silly design. Okay. Right? Kind of like the, he's kind of got like that dopey, like, sure. Like, like, look, uh, he's he's kind of like a turtle with like a big mouth and kind of like a, like a, like a weird little frame. I really love Dreadnaw though. I love Dreadnaw's design a lot. I'd say he's probably a little closer to cool than silly. But, uh... I, I, I get where you're coming from, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They also revealed Gossiflor and Eldegoss, which were pretty Pokemon. Yes. Um, which I, which is a category I didn't consider. But either way, I think, uh... I think at least on the broad level, we kind of nailed that. Yeah. Especially because that's five non-legendaries, which is right in between three and seven. <laughs> I, I predicted that we'd see the Professor and the first gym leader. <laughs> Uh, we saw the professor, the first gym leader, the professor's granddaughter, which the internet is super thirsty for, yeah, and the champion of the region, which the internet is also super thirsty for, <laughs> but a little less after they saw his short shorts. <laughs> like, his short shorts worn over his jeans or something. Right. Like, boxer briefs worn over his khaki shorts. Nah. <laughs> you just imagine, like, you know, he, uh... You're like medium for the first time. He peeks out from behind the door. He's like, hey, how you doing? You're like, oh, studly. Then he steps out the rest of the way. And you're like, oh, no. <laughs> he's like, I'm. Steps out. Leon. He's like, oh, no, Leon. Go go back so I see just your face. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, we saw the champion's little brother, uh, who is your rival. Right. 
Uh, it's continuing the recent trend of like happy rivals who are not threatening. Yeah, but but either way, I still really love all the character designs. Yeah, I think they're all very good character designs. Um, and the uh the the gym leader, the the grass type gym leader, uh, is like a design I feel like I could maybe pull off a cosplay <laughs> of. Yeah, you know. I'm I'm not quite as buff as him, but I've got a similar frame. Yeah, and, and he is just, like, a hilariously buff cowboy. Yeah, and, like, he's got, like, a round face, and I feel like I could pull that off. Okay, I can a see little, it. A little straw hat. Yeah. Yeah. Grass-type Pokemon, because I have several of those, and they're just lying around the house, and maybe yeah. I could use them in the cosplay, yeah. Just uh, tape them to your face. <laughs> <laughs> Bulbasaur, stop moving, stop moving around. Uh, Bulbasaur, what are you doing? Well, I guess he's a Bulbasaur. Why are you on my face? <laughs> I'm British and a cowboy. Uh, so we predicted a November 2019 release date. <laughs> Nailed and, that one. And that it would be the week right before Black Friday. Yeah. Uh, it's it's the week before the week before Black Friday. Yeah, fucking close but, but still, yeah. Still still November 2019. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like we got a lot of that pretty right. That's That, that was a pretty good, pretty good round of predictions from us. Yeah. Good job, us. I really shouldn't have done that sword bit. Yeah, I'm just going to enjoy how much you're regretting that for the rest of our recording. <laughs> <laughs> then on June 8th, Nintendo did their Battle of the Best. Uh, three tournaments back to back to back. Right. Uh, we predicted that there would be no major reveals during the tournaments. Super Mario Maker 2 did not have any reveals of any kind. Right. Splatoon 2 announced the Final Fest, which showed the uh, the final Splatfest they were going to do, Order versus Chaos, mm-hmm. and then they announced their post-Splatfest plans. I, I feel like the the depth they went into on what their plans were after Splatfest was over uh, does count as a major reveal for Splatoon 2, Okay, so I, I feel like we did get that wrong. Then, at the end of the Smash Bros. 3 vs. 3 tournament... Uh, there was a little vi- video where Sakurai congratulated Team Japan and announced the next Smash character would be detailed during the next Direct. Right. During the Nintendo Direct on Tuesday. Um, I don't know if that's really a major reveal, but like, you know. I don't think that counts, you know. Yeah. Splatoon 2 counts, and yes, that's enough. Yeah, so uh, if if you're being if you're being charitable, we got two out of three right. Uh, if you're not, we got one out of three right. But, uh, you know, be charitable. Yeah, it's nice. Be nice to us. That's the way to live your life. Yeah. So here we are finally at the Nintendo E3 Direct. Oh, my God. Happened the morning of the day we're recording this. Yes. June 11th. So worth pointing out, if there's any announcements during a treehouse thing on Wednesday or Thursday, we didn't see it. We haven't seen it yet those days do not exist to us right now. Right. We are in a space of time where we could not have seen that. So if there's suddenly like, Chibi Robo 2 coming out, we have no idea yeah, right now. Yeah, but may- <laughs> maybe if that happens, I'll just edit myself, like, screaming, like, in, <laughs> into the... Just screaming yourself completely hoarse for five straight minutes. <laughs> 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 so let's go through all the predictions we made. Okay. So first we predicted some stuff like support for existing games and services. We predicted that Super Nintendo support would be added to Nintendo Online. Nope, they didn't even mention Nintendo Online. And nope. That's, that was kind of a bummer for me. I really thought that would happen. Yeah. I really think it should happen still. Me too. 
we predicted that unfortunately there would not be an expansion for Super Mario Party, nor would there be a sequel for it announced. Nailed it. Yeah. We predicted Yoshi's Crafted World Labo support was not mentioned. No she. So then we moved on to confirmed 2019 releases, which was the bulk of our predictions and also the bulk of the direct because <laughs> boy, they have a lot of games they're already working on that we know about. So they just fill us in on all that shit. Oh yeah. So, uh, predicted that a new style would be announced for super Mario maker two mm-hmm. and, uh, and that it would be based off of super Mario brothers two or super Mario land two. No new style was announced for super Mario Maker 2, right? neither during the Direct nor during the subsequent Treehouse. The, its only presence during the Direct was in a montage near the end of the Direct. Yeah. Uh, however, during the Treehouse, they said that you'll be able to play with friends online, and that they're sorry they said that we couldn't. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad they clarified that. Yeah. Like, like, initially, that was the truth, but they saw the backlash, and they're going to work on a way... You can play with friends online. I'm glad they clarified that by altering reality. (laughs) (laughs) We predicted that Cadence of Hyrule would shadow drop. They announced the release date for Cadence of Hyrule. The release date is June 13th, 2019. That is two days from today. If you're going to do that, just shadow drop it. Yeah, right? You could have just fucking shadow dropped it instead of being like, it's coming out this Thursday. What's the difference? Like, the game's done, obviously. Just put it out today. You ruined our podcast, (laughs) You ruined our podcast, Nintendo. Yeah, you ruined the podcast and not Daniel doing an impression of a dog with a sword in its mouth for 20 minutes. (laughs) I enhanced the podcast. (laughs) Ultimate Alliance 3. (laughs) Marvel Ultimate, we, uh... We talked about, um... That Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 predicted that it would have a season pass or introduce a Nintendo character. Right. It did not introduce a Nintendo character, but they did talk about the season pass. The expansion pass will include access to three DLC packs. Mm-hmm. Um, the packs will include new characters, modes, and additional story. Right. Uh, each pack will have, like, you know, will be based off of a specific like marvel kind of like an overarching theme yeah like uh like one pack will be marvel knights Mm -hmm. k-n-i-g-h-t-s right another theme will be Mm x-men uh so we'll get even more x-men that'll be cool and the the final theme will be fantastic four those neglected uh superheroes of yore yeah so there's like you know there was the x-men embargo and the fantastic four embargo right the Fantastic Four embargo lasted longer than the X-Men embargo, mm-hmm. so probably when uh, when Nintendo got the deal to publish Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, right. the X-Men embargo was probably over, but the Fantastic Four embargo probably wasn't. I see. So, uh, so now that it's been lifted, they can add Fantastic Four as DLC. Okay. Yeah. Uh, also, if you get the expansion pass, you will get a costume for Deadpool where he is dressed as a chef. So if you're into that, go for it. Uh, they, they, they have this because apparently there's a cutscene in the game where, uh, Deadpool is making a bunch of tacos in the X-Mansion before, uh, Juggernaut barrels through the building and knocks Deadpool and all his tacos over. Is that real? It's real. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I saw, yeah. They, no, they sh- I, I absolutely thought you were doing a bit there, but okay, it's real. <laughs> no, no, nope. That's that's a cutscene <laughs> in the game. I saw it during their treehouse. Fair segment. enough. Yeah, so he was wearing a little chef outfit when that happened, and if you 
get the expansion pass, you'll be able to play the game in that costume. Okay. He does say the word chimichangas <laughs> in in the cutscene. Okay. He's he said I'm gonna kick him in the chimichangas. Ah, I see. Yeah. For for knocking over my tacos. Clever, keeping it safe for Nintendo. Yeah. We predicted that Fire Emblem Three Houses DLC would be announced. No DLC was announced. Uh, just uh, just some story details. Yeah. Um, like it looks as though there's going to be some kind of a time skip in the game. Yeah, which like, um, I think that's cool. Yeah, I think it's cool. There's going to be time skip. Like the game's coming out in a month. Mm-hmm. Like it's weird that they didn't just like let that be like like because that that feels like a mid game thing that's happening, right? Like yeah. a time skip. Yeah, actually, my current theory is that that's how they're going to do the like having children stuff yeah is that like you'll have everybody kind of you know become romantically involved with another during the school segment and then they'll come back and be like i brought my son i don't think so because they implied during they implied during those cutscenes that it was a five-year time skip uh you know they and then while <laughs> the they're... first Fire Emblem game where you can play as a four-year-old. <laughs> no, you know, just like during the time skip part, they'll be like, "Yeah, I put my kid in the baby realm, and now he's <laughs> back out." <laughs> the baby realm for Fire Emblem Face. <laughs> yeah, maybe I wouldn't put it past them, but uh, you know, like I I played Awakening, right? I played Awakening like not knowing anything about it, mm-hmm. and there's like kind of a middle game twist in that. Yeah, and the middle game twist was like really cool yeah and uh and that like really and like that made me love that game a lot when i just like organically came across that right um like i was already excited about uh three houses mm-hmm. so i didn't need their mid-game twist as like an expectation okay. you know it would have been cool to just stumble across that i feel like they could have just shown something else of three houses and that would have been satisfying yeah i like i i um Obviously, I'm really looking forward to Three Houses, and I didn't mind seeing this additional story stuff, but it didn't really add a lot to my experience of waiting for Three Houses. Yeah, exactly. Kind of like, well, this is some information that I didn't have, but I have now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I, um, yeah, my my interest hasn't decreased in Three right. Houses, but, uh, it, it, like, it hasn't increased it exponentially either. I think they would have been fine just putting Three Houses in the montage if that's yeah. all they were going to do, you sure. know? We predicted that there would be Astral Chain gameplay and stuff. Uh, there was kind of a story-slash-gameplay trailer. Yeah, that game uh, still looks cool. Yeah, and they gave a detailed gameplay walkthrough during a Treehouse oh, segment. Oh, nice. I didn't stick around for the Treehouse segment because I was really at my job and supposed to be working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad that we got more info. Yeah, no, uh, that that game looks very cool. Very platinum. Uh, definitely down to check that game out in August. Yeah. We predicted that Damon X Machina would get a release date of September 2019 mm-hmm. and a showcase of the changes they've made since the demo came out. Right. Damon X Machina is coming out on September 13th, 2019. Good and guess. during the Treehouse segment, they showed off some of the changes that they made after the demo came out. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it feels good when we get, like, something, like, 100% right. You oh, know? for sure. Yeah. And that's what happened. Here's something we got 100% wrong. <laughs> we said that Town would get a release date of August 2019 and a new name. Uh, Town was not shown at all. But I do have a suspicion that it's one of, like, the games we'll just showcase during the Treehouse. That is a Treehouse scale announcement, you know? Yeah, yeah, Like a sure. small little RPG-like town. So if you know when town's coming out, when you're listening to this, we didn't when we were recording. Right. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, our, our bad. I don't know. 
We predicted that Luigi's Mansion would get showed off, and that it would have a release date of October 2019. It was showcased quite heavily, yeah. but it doesn't have a release date yet besides 2019. Yeah, which is weird. I, I think that basically they, they probably want to put it in October, but like they really need to push next level games in order for that to happen. Mm. So it might get delayed to like November or December and they're just uh they're just quietly like seeing how much the developer can get done before before the end of the year nears. They were just so busy lovingly crafting Gooigi that they didn't have time to, <laughs> to give it a solid release date. Uh, Gooigi. He's he's so flexible that they couldn't make the release date set in stone. Yeah. <laughs> they could like, okay, October, Gooigi comes like <laughs> Gooigi fucking killed me. I was like just sitting at my desk chortling you know, oh yeah. man! The, no, that, that's one of like the funniest things. That, for what sure. a great, like, good job, Treehouse! You know, yeah. like what an excellent translation or, no. or whatever. However, they decided on that. Good yeah, Guigi. <laughs> <laughs> we predicted that Link's Awakening would get a release date of October twenty nineteenth, uh, and that it would probably just play it pretty safe. It would look and play like Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. It's coming out September 20th. Yeah, so that's cool. Yeah, Sooner early, than we thought. Sooner than we thought. Uh, and it did feature a brand new dungeon building mode where you create your own Zelda dungeon. Yeah. And then, uh, and then play through it and then like get like little bonuses, like empty bottles and stuff for, for playing through the dungeons you made. I'm really excited about that. I love a good create your own blah, blah, blah mode in a game. Yeah, it's also Amiibo compatible. Um... It's coming with a little uh, a little Link amiibo. Well, rather, you can get a, a Link right. a Link's Awakening amiibo. If you scan at Link's Awakening amiibo, the dungeon will include Shadow Link, oh. who chases you around oh. the, the map while you're trying to complete it. That's neat. And apparently, other existing Legend of Zelda amiibo will like be compatible with the dungeons and add like similar like uh, wrinkles. That's to, really neat. To the maps. And I have a ton of fucking Zelda amiibo. Boy, does he. Our bookshelf is groaning under the weight of his amiibo collection. <laughs> but Zelda amiibo specifically, I have a bunch. That's true. Yeah, several Link's. All of Link's best Breath of the Wild friends. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've, I've got some. It'd be cool if, like, you could scan 8-bit Link to just transform the entire aesthetic of the game, you know? Oh, man, that'd be so rad. Yeah, they put, that, like, a filter over it. Yeah, that, that feels like a maybe it'd be a weird amount of work, and maybe they wouldn't do that, but that'd yeah. be rad. Depends on, like, how hard they work on it, because, I mean, like, obviously they're not going to change all the character models, but they right. can just, like, kind of pixelate it. Yeah, yeah. If they... <laughs> If they did, just like replace like all the all the tiles and stuff with like eight bit tiles and stuff, that'd be really cool. Yeah, that'd be really bad. Um, but I think other than that mode, I think it's safe to say that they do play it pretty safe. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's definitely it's a very straightforward remake of the game. Yeah, like it's it's funny, like the the mixed amount of feelings that I have about how safe they play it because on one hand, it's like. Wow, I'm I'm really like when I get this, I'm really gonna play through the exact same game mm-hmm. uh, with like an additional mode I'm gonna play with for ten minutes, you know? Right. Like, like really, they they just like they they gave it kind of this claymationy art style, but otherwise everything's kind of one to one, exactly the same. If I weren't like going to like just be showing my girlfriend the whole game during this playthrough, <laughs> like maybe I'd be less enthused about about doing that all over again. Mm-hmm. On the other hand. Uh, when I watched the the treehouse walkthrough, 
and uh, Link was just running around in the starting village of the game, I cried. <laughs> I cried because that's one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. And, like, the they just, like, they just recreated all these all these wonderful memories I have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm fucking buying this, <laughs> this $60 game that I've already experienced before and it's going to be great. Yeah. September 20th. I'm, right. I'm down. I'm fucking in. We predicted that Mario and Sonic at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics would have a release date of November, 2019. Uh, and it will look a bit better than usual. Uh, I said specifically that we'll see at least one bit of charm. <laughs> and and while, like, I, I think more or less it seemed like kind of standard of, like, Mario and Sonic Olympics fair, yeah. I do think that we saw at least two bits of charm. Okay. Um, One is Tails just beating the shit out of Princess Peach in karate. <laughs> like, that was like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> right? Like, uh, like that, that mode in particular intrigued me. Um, and second... There's a there's a mode where like they were running on a track and field thing, mm-hmm. and as they crossed the finish line, everyone turned into like eight bit sprites of themselves. Right. It's like ooh, yeah, ooh, like <laughs> y- you know, I did that. Okay, so uh, so I say that prediction is correct, especially because we said November 2019. They have given the game a release window of November 2019. That's pretty spot that, yeah. on. Yep, they they Hard haven't more accurate. Yeah, than that. they haven't even set a precise date. They've just said November 2019. So bim bam boom, baby. I said that even though there would have been a Pokemon Direct exactly one week prior, mm-hmm. that there would be at least one new detail about Pokemon Sword and Shield revealed during the direct probably like a small little nugget sure there were two new details oh two nuggets is better than one oh yeah you you don't want you don't want a one piece you'd prefer like a 10 piece nugget yeah you know but like if you if you got two pieces that's better yeah exactly yeah Yeah, as an improvement that way you can use two dipping sauces (laughs) instead of just one The way I eat my nuggets is I take a single nugget and I just and I just smother the entire sauce packet. I just drown the nugget. I'm like, I'll have a ten piece McNugget, please, and I will have ten sauce packets, ten of your finest sauce packets, sir. Yeah, clearly that was what I meant. He said two dipping sauces for two nuggets. Now, am I not doing the math properly? What I meant was, if you had one nugget, it's not like you can dip that in two dipping sauces without being gross. You know, if you have two nuggets, you can dip it into one of each dipping sauce. You don't have to use the entire dipping sauce don't like be... the world's nastiest slob. I didn't realize that you're being so wasteful, Sean. Anyway. Anyway, while Sean just ruins the carbon footprint of our beautiful green earth, I would like to pause it. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Here's a fun fact about our real life relationship. There is a big old box in one of our cabinets where Daniel has saved sauce packets from fast food restaurants. <laughs> and sometimes we use them. Not often enough to warrant doing that. But anyway. Like, 
there there are times where we order like you know from a fast food place mm -hmm. and the fast food place will just forget our sauce packets that's true and when that happens we we have some we can just bring them out and, and use them that way that happened literally less than a week ago you ungrateful bitch we also got a <laughs> bottle of ketchup a bottle of mustard we've got some honey in the pantry yeah but that's not sweet and sour sauce sean that's not creamy ranch <laughs> Anyway, we got some new, um, where even are we? <laughs> I completely uh, Right, we, we, had, we had two new Pokemon Sword and Shield details. Yeah, neither <laughs> of them involved nugget sauces. <laughs> well, uh, the first is that they announced a new gym leader, the Water Gym Leader Nessa. Yeah. Of a new thirst-tastic design. The internet loves Nessa. Yeah. <laughs> she, it's actually a a really great character design. Yes, yeah, to be Yeah, fair. she looks yeah. fucking awesome. And the Pokeball Plus lets you put Grookey in it. Yep, just Grookey. <laughs> Grookey specifically. <laughs> yeah. If you uh, if you pick another starter, you are shit out of luck, yeah, my friend. Yeah, Game Freak was like... Should have picked was, Superior Grookey. Was like, and if you have the Pokeball Plus, please only put Grookey inside. <laughs> if you put any other Pokemon inside, we will find you. <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, so... You just... You, you, like, you put a Caterpie in there, and then a Charizard just bursts down your door in real life and eats you. <laughs> Why did you pick a Pokemon besides Grookey? Why did we enable the functionality for you to do so? I don't know, but Charizard's hungry. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, our guess was that there would be more details, even though we got so many previously, and that was correct. On top of that... Uh, the demo on the show floor had a couple new Pokemon in it that people have already taken pictures of and we already know a lot about. Right. Um, the first is Impidimp, the imp Pokemon. It's <laughs> it's dark fairy type and it's it's both like kind of weird looking and kind of cute. And it I, actually looks like a Dragon Quest enemy, you know, it like does. one of the first ones that you would fight. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does look like like a like a first five hours Dragon Quest enemy. You're right. Altogether, I like the design. I think it's cute. Me too. Like, it's it's one you'd see in the first cave, but not out on the field right away. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, boy, my, my girlfriend already <laughs> adores this Pokemon. Uh, an electric-type corgi Pokemon named Yamper. Yeah, this this guy is great. Yeah, Yamper is fucking great. Like, like he, he has a little, little heart-shaped pattern on his butt like corgis do. <laughs> and, uh, and he has a new uh, ability where uh, they will... Fetch the first field throw of a Pokeball when you when you're encountering wild Pokemon. I really like that. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, as long as it's not already holding an item. Yeah, that's oh god, that's such a great Pokemon. I this this is already a really good generation, like new Pokemon designs wise. Yeah, there isn't a Pokemon design that I actively dislike. <laughs> the closest would be the dog with a sword in his mouth. Yeah. And uh, and even then, I I should say that I don't hate Zacian. I think Zacian looks kind of cool. Clearly, Just... you love him enough to imitate him. <laughs> what we've heard of him, Oh, boy? my God. Hey, I'm back. I was at the hospital for a little bit because I, because I swallowed my sword. But I'm a little better now. They Thanks, extracted this one Thanks for me. listening to a Smashing Theory. I hope you have a Smashing Time. Goodbye. <laughs> they extracted this sword from my mouth. And now I'll be looking cool again. You can say that I'm sort of better. 
Just kill me, guys. <laughs> I don't want to be saved anymore because I don't want to live on this planet. I'm really funny joke and I'm laughing at it. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> this is the worst thing that has ever happened on Smashing Theory. You can never, ever complain about the RPM triangle again. Because oh. nothing will be worse than this. Oh, but I will. <laughs> uh, okay. So, our final prediction, uh, well, for the first party half of the uh, of the Nintendo Direct. Got a little ahead of myself. And actually, it's not really... Whatever, the... Our final here's, prediction. There's two more pages of this outline. Here's a prediction that we made. <laughs> <laughs> Accurate. I feel that our psyches are just like breaking down the further into this episode we get. Well, the my tailbone is breaking down right about now. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sean. Uh, that's okay. Okay. So we predicted that there would be a trailer for Animal Crossing that would reveal that it was delayed to either Q1 of 2020 or spring of 2020. Right. And it was delayed to both. (laughs) March 20th, 2020, followed by a Nintendo guy saying... We know that we said that it would come out in 2019, but we decided to take a little more time right. to work on it and make it good, which I think I even implied would, would yeah. happen, right? Like, you cannot be more accurate than 300% accurate about <laughs> so that's pretty good. Yeah, no, we, like, I, I I just had a feeling, right? It's like, they're, they're not talking about Animal Crossing, but since they said it was going to come out this year, they can't just ignore it. Like, right. So I just had a feeling, you know, like, it, it would have some presence in the direct but it would be delayed to march 20th 2020 and that's exactly what happened uh animal crossing new horizons mm-hmm. a game where you're on a deserted island that tom nook bought yeah and extorts you into living on <laughs> and uh and it's it's like you know you've you start out with like just like a shitty tent right and you and you instead get to put your furniture like out on the beach <laughs> and uh it looks like an animal crossing game with just enough new wrinkles to be interesting yeah I'm down for it. Yeah, it has a crafting system. And yeah, I'm so ready to buy that game next in, year. In March. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, actually, I think like, I think spring is a much better time to start an Animal Crossing game than like right. the holiday season. Because you know? then you get to go through all the seasons. Yeah, exactly. Like, in I, order. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I think March is a much better like Animal Crossing time because I I feel like at the end of the year, especially, you're in the mood to play, like, all these big holiday, like, blockbuster games. Right. You don't really have time for something, like, that. just, like, I'm just gonna kill half an hour with Animal Crossing, you know? Like... For a second, when you said kill, you kind of dragged it out, and I was thinking, like, is there an Animal Crossing where you kill things? I'm just gonna kill Tom Nook for all the things (laughs) he's done to me. Die, you raccoon motherfucker. Uh... I don't. I don't feel that much actually animosity towards Tom. No, nah, you know, yeah, his loan policy is actually I, really generous. I was gonna say he gives you interest-free loans that you can pay off on literally whatever schedule you want. That's right? pretty good. Oh God, what if this? What if this Animal Crossing added interest? Wouldn't oh, that be like God. the worst? Yeah, yeah, that'd be the worst possible feature to add Animal. That Crossing. would be awful. Yeah, really, but, I have no idea how Tom Nook makes money. 
Oh, well, he's got the store. Yeah, His he does. His kids run the store. Yeah, and you, so and you buy that. things from the store, yeah. yeah. Really, the enormous real estate loans are just loss leaders for his store, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Good going, Tom Nook. Good going, Tom Nook. And, you know, like, it's possible that, like, he's he's charging you more, you know, he is making right. a profit on what he's loaning you. Sure, that's true. Right? He just doesn't increase, like, the price over time. He doesn't, right. he doesn't do that shit. Yeah, probably, like, labor and stuff figures into, yeah, yeah. yeah. If only banks did that shit. Anyway, now that we have dissected the business practices of Tom Nook. <laughs> now we can finally move on. <laughs> so, I, I said that uh, neither Bayonetta 3 nor Metroid Prime 4 would be present. Possibly a 2020 tease for Bayonetta 3. Mm. But I doubted even that would really happen. And I was right to doubt that. Yeah. Because neither of them showed up. That was an they, accurate they, doubt. Yeah, they, they both need significantly more time in the oven i do think the closer we get to 2020 the more we will hear about bayonetta 3 yeah i feel like i feel like 2020 could be the year for bayonetta 3 and 2021 will be the latest we will get bayonetta 3 i think that's a good instinct yeah but uh but not talking about it at this e3 sure that was all the stuff that we already knew about right so we started to, to feel out some potential first party announcements <laughs> We got a lot of stuff right on terms of they won't announce this. Sure. Uh, we said that uh, we would not see Metroid Prime Trilogy until the fall direct of this year. Uh-huh. We are correct so far. Yeah. We predicted that Wonderful 101 will not show up because they're, because Platinum is focusing on Astral Chain. Right. That was correct. Uh, we predicted that there would not be a Pikmin Trilogy yet. That was correct. Yeah. We predicted that something from Monolith Soft would be at the direct. Either Xenoblade Chronicles X... Deluxe, or Monolith Soft's brand new project that they've been working on quietly for a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. uh, if it was X Deluxe, it would get released in September 2019. Neither of them showed up at all. Right. Monolith Soft needs more time. Yeah. That's fine. Um, and then we said, hopefully Earthbound Trilogy will be there. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, our, our hopes were dashed <laughs> on the rocks of reality. Yeah, um, it was our fault to be hopeful, really. That's on us. Yeah, really, we just shouldn't have predicted any of this shit. <laughs> we predicted that there would be at least one 2019 surprise from Nintendo's first-party teams. Right. Uh, my idea for what that could be would be maybe a weird experimental Kirby game like Kirby Tilt and Tumble 2. Mm -hmm. Instead, there were no 2019 surprises <laughs> right. at all. However, the very end of the Direct did tease a direct sequel to zelda breath of the wild yeah. like like as in like it it has breath of the wild link and zelda there uh an indeterminate amount of time later just just having a new adventure of some kind and that's cool that's really cool because zelda almost never does that mm -hmm. last time they did that to my memory uh was like phantom hourglass that's what i was just thinking of yeah yeah and they basically yeah they at, at the end of that they were like a sequel to Zelda Breath of the Wild is now in development. Right. Which means definitely not fucking 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not by a long shot. No. I'd say that's probably like a 2021 game. Yeah, I um, think that's fair. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe 2020. I think it depends on how many assets they reuse from Breath of the Wild 1. Yeah, right? And I hope, like, you know, obviously some, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I hope not, like, a whole lot. Like, what I hope specifically is that the map is significantly different yeah same um like if if there's a lot of like re 
used assets in terms of me exploring that map, uh-huh. I would not be as hooked on it as I was on Zelda Breath of the Wild. You That's know? fair. Like, like the Ben there explored that. You you should give me a lot of shit, but I, <laughs> that doesn't mean I want to do it twice. But yeah, like I like first of all, I do feel. Like, you know, they, they announced that it's now in development, right? And sometimes that means we literally started working on this game, like, yesterday. Right. Right? Like they like they did with Metroid Prime 4, right? Yeah, that was a mistake. But I think, in terms of the Breath of the Wild sequel, I think that these guys started work on this Breath of the Wild sequel immediately after they finished work on the Breath of the Wild expansion pack. Okay. Uh... Like, after they finished that story DLC at the end of 2017, mm-hmm. I think they've been working on Breath of the Wild 2 ever since. Okay. And uh, and that means it's been in development for at least two years. Right. Right, yeah, 2018. Well, it's been in development for a year and a half right now. Okay. Um, So, I think they've made good progress on it, but I also think that Breath of the Wild 1 took them six years to make. <laughs> right? right. Yeah. And I... I think this will take less time, but I think... It'll still take time. It'll still take time, and 2021 will be the earliest we'll see it. Maybe 2022. There's there's a slight chance of a 2020, but I think that would be a version of the game with a lot of reused assets. Yeah. So either way, that was a really cool announcement, but definitely not a 2019 surprise. No, for sure. <laughs> there's no way you can charitably call it that. Yeah. We also predicted a first-party IP being worked on by a third-party... Uh, we did agree that it was too soon for a Star Fox by the Starlink team. Right. We thought maybe we'd see something else. No new first-party game by a third party was shown. Nope. Uh, so, now we're in potential third-party announcements. Uh, first, we decided to make some guesses involving stuff that's already been announced. Right. Like, like Shovel Knight, King of Cards, and Shovel Knight Showdown, which would get a Shadow Drop. Uh, also, uh, maybe Persona 5 Scramble gameplay trailer that shows a character besides joker sure also uh maybe some digimon survive gameplay and a release date uh also uh maybe untitled goose game with a release date and uh and sean guessing that the final name for untitled goose game would be goose game and me guessing that the final name for untitled goose game would be untitled goose game none of these games are present in the directs yeah good predictions but (laughs) You know, yeah. not true. None of them were present in any shape or form. However, there were a couple of third-party shadow drops. Yeah, the collection of mana, right? Shadow drops today, uh, for forty smackaroos, as we said. Uh huh. And the Contra anniversary collection available for twenty smackaroos. Yeah, Contra Hardcore and other Contra games, I guess. Yeah, uh, those those were cool announcements. Yeah, we predicted that there'd be some. Uh, switch ports of some existing indie games like mm-hmm. Return of the Oprah Din and UFO 50. Neither of those games was present, yeah. uh, but maybe Super Lucky Tail counts as one of those. Mm, okay. Yeah, uh, that, that, that might be kind of a stretch, but <laughs> yeah. But Super Lucky Tail did get announced for a Switch release. And, yeah. You know, that's kind of indie-ish, I think. Yeah, sure. Then we predicted some AA slash AAA ports. Uh, the ones we specifically predicted were Near Automata, which was not present, mm-hmm. and No More Heroes 1 and 2 remastered with a teaser for No More Heroes 3. We got a full-ass No More Heroes 3 trailer. Yeah. And no mention of the first two games at all. <laughs> um, there were several AAA ports of third-party games that we did not predict. Yeah. Uh, and AA. 
Some of those being Dauntless. Yeah, I would never have predicted that. Yeah. Ever, so that's cool. Uh, the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've talked about CD Projekt already. Yeah, we, we sure have. Uh, Alien Isolation and Resident Evil 5 and 6. Man, that was such a weird trailer. The, oh, yeah, that whole trailer. Yeah. Where, like, a guy and a girl, like, get, like sneak into, like, a haunted house. Right. And they, then they, they play... hired, like, live-action actors yeah. to sneak into, the, you know, to play characters who are sneaking into the haunted house. They set up the Switch. And the whole time I'm thinking, like, is this, like, a new Resident Evil game? Is this right. a brand-new-ass Resident Evil yeah. game? And then they're playing Resident Evil Remake, like, right. on the Switch, which is already out. Yeah. It's, it's already on the Switch. It came out, like this earlier this month last month uh-huh and uh and then like they hear something scary and run away and then it's like resident evil 5 and 6 coming to the like they didn't even play resident evil 5 right. or 6 yeah really bizarre yeah <laughs> uh also like uh sean sent me a funny text that just said we're proud to announce that the two worst <laughs> resident evil games are now playable on the switch right uh you know fall 2019 yeah which i mean you know I know there are lots of fans of Resident Evil 5 out there. That's actually my least favorite Resident Evil game. Yeah, Amy actually really likes Resident Evil 5. I'll fight you about it. <laughs> I won't really fight you, Amy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was a one-act play right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we predicted the Apollo Justice Trilogy. There would be Ace Attorney games 4 through 6. Uh, but that there would not be an Ace Attorney 7 tre- teaser. I should say that I predicted that. Sean said he doesn't even think the Apollo Justice Trilogy will be there. Uh, it was not. Good job, Sean. I'm sorry that I was right. <laughs> uh, well, Ace Attorney is so good. Yeah, may- maybe that'll pop up during Tokyo Game Show. That'd be cool. It'd be really cool. We said Streets of Rage 4 was not there. We said that Monster Hunter 5 would not be there, and it wasn't. Yeah. So, good job, us. <laughs> we said that there would be a a non-Smash-related collaboration with Microsoft. The answer to that is not really, mm-hmm. question mark? Super Lucky's Tale was published by Xbox Studios on the Xbox One, mm. um, and it's coming to the Switch now, uh, but on the Switch it is self-published by the developer, I see. Playful Core. So there's a chance that they had to get permission from Microsoft to put it on the Switch. But not a collaboration in the sense that we meant. You know, like, well, in, in the way I meant, like, I I thought game, my, like, Microsoft-exclusive games, like, on the Switch because Microsoft let it happen, right? Okay, So right. this would qualify if that was the case, but, like, it's hard to say whether or not it does. Because yeah. they didn't explicitly say, uh, this is on here thanks to our friends at Microsoft like they did with Cuphead. Right. Uh, so yeah, who knows? We'll we'll err on the side of not really. Sure. And finally, that there would be big third-party announcements that we would not have anticipated. And boy, howdy, were there. You know, I would say that there were several medium third-party announcements. Yeah, but they were big in the sense that nobody would have assumed that any of this was happening. Yeah, I, I agree with that, but I don't like I I don't think that they're very like large like scale wise. No, feel no, very, no. Like, they're yeah. definitely not. Yeah, they f- like. I was thinking like, ooh, there's gonna be like some big boys, right? And and they're they're boys. Here's yeah. here's some boys. <laughs> they uh, they could uh, stand on each other's shoulders and put on a trench coat and be a big enough boy to buy a movie ticket that's rated R. Yeah, but not by themselves. <laughs> uh, the the uh, the announcements were the Panzer uh, a remake of Panzer Dragoon for the Nintendo Switch, which is really cool. Yeah, um, like you know that game's obviously a cult classic. 
I hope this is leading up to a remake of Panzer Dragoon Saga, one of the rarest, like, most expensive <laughs> games to buy used of all time. Right. Uh, and one that just, like, gets talked up so much. Like, everyone's like, Panzer Dragoon Saga is one of the best RPGs ever, and you can't afford to play it, <laughs> you peasant. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool if that got remade. Yeah, so maybe maybe I'll buy the Panzer Dragoon remake to make that more likely to happen. Okay. Contra Rogue Corps. Mm-hmm. A a brand new Contra game yeah. with a panda and a gun. Yeah, digging the panda. Yeah, cool panda, cool cool gun panda. Yes. Yeah that 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 game looks neat. Very very Contra. Very like faux like like two thousands edgy. Uh-huh. You know, very like very uh definitely a very modern day Contra game. You yeah, know? this but, is just what they're doing now. Yeah, but also like it seems like kind of tongue in cheek, kind of like like. Hey, we, like, you know that Contra game we made, like, ten years ago that we sincerely <laughs> thought was cool? We know it's not cool now, right. but we're still riffing off that style. Oh, man. I had not Shattered Soldier, but the other one that came out in that same generation. Uh-huh. Uh, you beat the first boss, and, you know, previous Contra games, like Hardcore and stuff like that, I mm. took really seriously as a kid. Uh-huh. And then you beat the first boss in this game, and he goes... With my last breath, I hail thee, Master of Contra! And then he blows up. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, I shouldn't have taken any of that seriously. <laughs> and this does seem to have that same energy to it. Yeah, right? But it, it has, like, it feels more self-aware of that energy this time. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that'll be a fun a fun time. Um, and finally, uh, we make some wacky predictions. Yeah. On, uh, here at A Smashing Theory. <laughs> Uh, there's wacky predictions, and then there is the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance <laughs> tactics. This feels like <laughs> the kind of prediction I would make if I were if I had like played a Dark Crystal drinking game. You know, immediately <laughs> afterward, I'd be like, "Man, you know, it'd be so cool if there was Dark Crystal tactics." <laughs> and Daniel would be like, "That would never happen, Sean." <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what would happen. Yeah, you're totally right. And here it fucking is like. You know what's I you know what's really weird that like Netflix and and Nintendo had to like collaborate like right. directly to make this happen right it's like yeah okay yeah well we we will help you put out this this game based off of the Dark Crystal <laughs> that like just that just looks like you you <laughs> it just looks like you went to Final Fantasy Tactics and we're like hey can we copy your homework <laughs> Final Fantasy Tactics was like okay but change some of your answers right. <laughs> No, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's ironic that like they collaborated on that level, but you still cannot download a Netflix app to the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, that's that's very strange. Please However, put Netflix on the Switch. Guys. Yeah, maybe, maybe like also Stranger Things three is happening. And yeah, yeah, yeah. what yeah. the fuck? Maybe like maybe in the build up to those games being released, they'll also put a Netflix app on there. That would be nice. That would be really nice. Uh, either way. Um, God, that was such a wild announcement that I don't think anyone saw coming in a billion years. Yeah, same. Like, we even talked about a bunch of potential, like, Netflix property games. Because right. Because Netflix says they're going to be at E3 and talk about some stuff. As far as I can tell, that has not happened yet. Yeah. As of this recording. But, uh, you know, we, <laughs> we predicted several things, including an Umbrella Academy game, a series of Unfortunate Events games, and a BoJack Horseman point-and-click adventure game right. made by a bunch of former <laughs> Telltale employees that Netflix has covertly hired. Uh, and yet, here is the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance tactics. It's wild. Very wild, but very welcome. 
So that is all of the non-Smash stuff that we predicted. It was so much stuff. It was a lot of stuff. It's it's funny, um, you know, usually here we would talk about, like, our favorite stuff that we didn't predict, but really everything kind of, the stuff that we didn't predict kind of slotted in somehow to the stuff that we did predict. Yeah. And there's really not much else to talk about that isn't Smash. Yeah. So, our Smash Bros. predictions was that Banjo and Minecrafter would be revealed during, Banjo or Minecrafter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Banjo or Minecrafter would be revealed during the Microsoft press conference. Sean specifically predicted Banjo. I specifically predicted Minecrafter. Right. Um, and then they would get more details and Shadow Drop during the Nintendo Direct on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, we predicted that maybe Home Run Contest would be there. Most likely not. Mm-hmm. But there would definitely be a bunch of me costumes shown. Mm-hmm. And we predicted that we were under... We thought that... We were pretty confident that there would only be one Smash character shown. But if there was a second, or if the Banjo slash Minecrafter thing fell through, that either the second character or the character instead would be Erdrick from Dragon Quest. Yeah. So, Nintendo was not spoken during the Microsoft press conference. (laughs) Then, the Nintendo Direct opened with a trailer for the hero from Dragon Quest. Right. With a trailer for the hero... From Dragon Quest, right? Uh, which started as the Dragon Quest Eleven hero, but then revealed that several other Dragon Quest heroes, like the hero from Dragon Quest Three, mm-hmm. the hero from Dragon Quest Eight, and of course Erdrick himself, uh, would be costumes yeah. for the Dragon Quest Eleven hero, and that DLC Pack Two Smash Cross Dragon Quest would come out summer 2019. Right. Um, first off. That's not a shadow drop. <laughs> no. But since Erdrick is included in the hero, I'm going to say we're basically right. I think that's fair. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all, especially if like internally like it was Erdrick and then they're mm-hmm. like, what if we what if we make the <laughs> what if instead of the main costume being Erdrick, the main costume is Dragon Quest 11 hero? Yeah. And the the moves the moves that has some fun stuff going on. Mm-hmm. On on one hand, there is a lot of like, oh, there's another Smash Sword Fighter. Yeah. There's there's some of that going on. But on the other hand, I really like the like the fact that they can like cast magic, mm-hmm. you know, that was and cool. like they have like a magic menu like as part of their moveset, apparently. Yeah, that's really cute. Yeah, um, and I can't tell whether the slimes are supposed to be like part of the Dragon Quest map, or, right? Or if they're part of uh, DQ Heroes moveset. I hope that they are. Yeah, that'd be really neat. Yeah, that that'd be really neat. I think that would make me a lot more excited about the moveset. But yeah, fun trailer, uh, cool like final smash where. All the heroes just gang up, <laughs> uh-huh. right? Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, that was and, good. And um, seems neat. Looking forward to the hero, but you know, not like, not like super high energy jazz. But I think it's a good fit. Yeah, same. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that it's you know, you can kind of do many heroes by swapping costumes. That's yes. cool. I like that. Yeah, I like That's that good. too. Yeah, definitely a bigger winner for Japan than for us. Yeah. Um, I say this as a Dragon Quest fan. <laughs> uh. But but still, uh, a good fit. Mm-hmm. But then, <laughs> at the end of the Direct, you know, near the very end, the last thing was Zelda, mm-hmm. but close to the end of the Direct, we got a trailer that took a lot of riffs from the King K. Rule trailer, right? Uh-huh. It showed the, the lineup of villains at the beginning, <laughs> and then suddenly it just cuts to Donkey Kong 
and Diddy Kong sleeping in the treehouse again, but King Kid Rules is also in the treehouse <laughs> now, just also sleeping there. Right. And then, like, they hear something outside, like they did in the first trailer. They look out the window, the three of them together. King Kid Rules, like, pushing against Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. There's not enough space for all three of them to look anymore. And then they see a silhouette of, like, like a like a mammal with like a long nose, right? Like and a, clearly and a, meant to resemble a certain rare character that's yeah. now owned by Microsoft. And then, uh, and then, like as a, and then suddenly, like the shadow clears, and like King DDD trolled them in that first trailer, right. it's Duck Hunt Dog trolling <laughs> them, and now they're laughing as uh, as Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong and King Carol all look bewildered, right? And then. Banjo Kazooie plops <laughs> down and poses. And my favorite detail of this trailer is that in the King K. Rule trailer, right? Like, mm-hmm. King K. Rule comes and beats up King DDD, and then it just shows, like, Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong, and, like, their eyes pop through the window, like, oh! Right. Like, they look really shocked. Banjo Kazooie shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and then it and then it shoots over to Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, and King and Roll. They're all like, "Yeah!" Yeah, they're just like raucously cheering yeah, for their like, long since departed here. rare friend. <laughs> it was cool. Yeah, it was a really cool reveal. Yes, and then uh, oh yeah, and like at the beginning, like of a jigsaw, like a jiggy, just like tumbles yeah. through the treehouse. That was a good deal, G- detail too. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm like, oh, Banjo Kazooie. And he's like, what? And I'm like, the, the puzzle lives a jiggy. It's a Banjo Kazooie jiggy. Uh, but yeah, and then they show a trailer for Banjo Kazooie, and Banjo Kazooie, like, looks like fun. Yeah, it looks know, like, really great. Yeah, uh, great. Like, the stage looks really cool. You have a lot uh, of the moves from the classic games that they can do. Yeah, like, just the, as, like, moves that you'd fight with. Yeah, like him, like, like Kazooie, like, running, uh-huh. like, Banjo's, yeah. like, you know, like, hanging, like, off of Kazooie as Kazooie runs. And, Banjo uh, picking Kazooie up and using her as, like, the egg machine gun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really. Yeah, looks really faithfully made, and that's yeah. great. And, you know, like a brand new Grant Kirkhope track playing, mm-hmm. and it's confirmed that he did make that track for the trailer. And then that's still got it. Yeah, and then that track will be in the DLC pack when it comes out. Which is great. Uh, and, of course, at the end of that trailer, it said Fall 2019. Right. Also not a shadow drop. No. Um, that would have been crazy if it were a shadow drop. Yeah, right? That would have been wild. Like, uh, you know, the hero's coming later, but right now you better believe your bear and bird friends are getting fucking <laughs> beating people to death. But yeah, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm very glad that I was in some form correct. You know, it didn't happen during the Microsoft conference, but it sure did happen. Yeah, no, congratulations, man. Thank like, you. I'm, I'm really okay with being wrong here. Like... <laughs> Like, me saying Minecrafter has always been kind of a pessimistic guess. Like, just kind of a pragmatic, this makes most sense from, like, a numbers and, like, Mm profit-like perspective. I gotcha. Like, like more people would theoretically buy Minecrafter than the people that would buy Banjo, right? That, That was the thought process. However, Nintendo decided to opt in favor of, like, excitement, you know? Like... Like, Banjo is clearly a more exciting reveal, right? Oh, for sure. It feels less corporate. It feels less, like, businessmen made that decision, right? Uh-huh. It, like, Banjo is clearly the more passionate, passion-inducing choice, and I'm really glad they went with it. Same. Uh, I didn't have complete faith that they would, but it's really great that they did. And um, and even though, like, I was never too much of a Banjo-Kazooie fan, mm-hmm. like, the fact that they... They're riffing off the relationship that Nintendo used to have with Rare yeah. and kind of like a reuniting in that way. Gr- great, 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 great. Love it. 
Very cool. Yeah. So we're going to talk in a minute about what we think this could mean for the future, mm-hmm. right? What what's what's next for Smash Bros? Sure. But we got some listener mail. Okay. Our first listener mail is from Atlas Fathom. All right. Atlas Fathom has a list of Breath of the Wild 2 hopes. One, shrine and dungeon themes like snow, fire, water, forest, etc. Okay. Two, the return of Koji Kondo's iconic music, at least in areas like Kakariko Village. That would be great. Three, actual Ganon slash Ganondorf, not just Calamity Ganon. <laughs> Four, go all in on the darker tone like Majora's Mask. I would love that. Five, new or different land like Termina. Hmm. Six, return of enemies like Redeads and Wallmasters. Cool. Seven, Strange slash interesting NPCs like the Happy Mask Salesman and Skull Kid. Nice. Basically, I want a new open world game with a new darker story slash theme like Majora's Mask. Clearly, Atlas Fathom and I have similar Zelda tastes, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Clearly, you do. Uh, Majora's Mask is Sean's favorite Zelda game ever. Yes. Like Link's Awakening is mine. Um, thank you, Atlas Fathom. Yeah. You know, I think there's a decent chance of several of these, like, being what you want. Uh, Specifically, I think that zombie at the end of the teaser is Ganondorf. I think they're reviving Ganondorf somehow. Yeah, I think that's a good assumption. Um, And I feel like the tone is going to be somewhat darker. Like, it seems like they're underground right now. It feels like they're under Hyrule Castle in the teaser. I was thinking that, yeah. And I'm wondering if, like... That's going to be kind of treated like its own world that you explore. You kind of explore the beneath of of Hyrule in some way. That'd be really and it's, cool. It's been like warped by Ganondorf's revival. And uh-huh. You have to explore it that way. So it might not technically be something like Termina, but it'll feel like a new world regardless. Yeah. And yeah, I think this game's going to get weird. <laughs> so uh, yeah, Atlas. I think those are some really cool thoughts. Yeah, and for I sure. hope. And I hope that Nintendo is on the same page as you. Me too. I like being on the same page as Nintendo and Atlas Fathom. Specifically. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. Yeah. Pac-Man Vice on Twitter says, When I first saw the video, I thought they was just screwing with my heart with Duck Hunt. You know what we didn't think about? Rare Spirits. Oh, that's true. I need that great mighty poo spirit from Conquer. <laughs> Somehow I don't think that one's coming. Yeah, I don't think we're getting great mighty poo specifically, but actually this did occur to me um like because this is kind of rare reuniting with Nintendo. Uh-huh. I feel like we will get a couple nods like a Blast Core spirit uh-huh. and a Jet Force Gemini spirit. Maybe even a Conquer spirit. Maybe a Conquer spirit, but not Conquer's poop. Not well, no. I, I know Great Mighty Poo isn't Conquer's poop, right? But, it's I, but just not, a not huge collection of shit. Yeah, not not poop that Conquer interacts with. I don't right. think we'll get any. I don't think we'll get any spirits involving the poop. I don't think. I don't think my butt will be a spirit. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think uh, your butt would be a great spirit, Daniel. But I'm inclined to agree. I don't think Mario's toilet will be a spirit. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Thanks for. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
So th- thank you, Pac-Man advice. Um, yeah, I-, I think you're right. Rare spirits, yes. Probably great, mighty Pooh spirit. Probably no. Yeah. Um, Mario's yeah. talking toilet spirit. Maybe. <laughs> Why is it talking now? I didn't say talking. <laughs> oh, you had too much pasta. Come on over here. Why does the toilet sound exactly like Mario? Well, you know, he Mario is the one who made it, and so it's kind of like his child <laughs> that it has imparted his voice and given many of his personality traits. <laughs> the toilet is imprinted on Mario. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Mamma Mia, I need your poop in my mouth. Uh. Mamma Mia, Papa Pia, Mario got the diarrhea. All right, bits over. <laughs> it's too late. Bits fucking <laughs> over. Uh you tell you tell me the Zation bit's bad, and then you go on this toilet rib. This is revenge. <laughs> I just love like the, the the visual of like Mario like standing over you with like a knife. It's like this is revenge. Okay. Thank you, Pac-Man Vice. Yes indeed. Here's a tweet from Cool Gabe. Alrighty. Cool Gabe says, Banjo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. I just, you know, like someone just like burst into a room. It's like banjo. I mean, to be fair, when we were watching the Microsoft conference, that was like kind of my in the moment prediction for how banjo would get revealed. Yeah. Like it'd be a trailer for something completely different, and then just like oh banjo, we just like show up in the middle of it. Uh, but you know the way they actually. Did oh it yeah, that's right. Out. During the coverage, you kept. <laughs> Like the Gears of War trailer was happening, <laughs> right. and like someone's like gasping, like at what ends up being a locust, and you're just like, "Oh, yuck, it's Banjo here!" <laughs> yeah, you kept doing that. That's right. That was really funny. I loved it. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost as funny as you pretending to be a dog with a sword in its mouth for two fucking hours. What was that? What did you say? I didn't say anything. Go away. Look at my. Cool Gabe says. I don't know how they can top these characters unless they double dip with Square and Microsoft for Sora and Master Chief. Hmm. I'm pretty happy with the Animal Crossing delay. It's always felt like a spring slash summer game. Hey, that's exactly what we think. Yeah, well done, cool Gabe. <laughs> and you know, like it's it's funny. Like I do think that one of the most hype releases, one of the hype reveals left, is Sora, right? Mm-hmm. And that would sure. involve talking to Square Enix again. And having well, three Square Enix characters. There's there's three, <laughs> right? You know, it's not a whole lot actually, uh, yeah, compared to the number of Fire Emblem characters they have. <laughs> sure, but I still think it feels a bit far fetched for Nintendo to collaborate with Square Enix twice. Yeah, in that's fair for just like you know, like two out of five characters that they launch in like this series of DLC packs. I don't mm-hmm. know. It feels it feels a bit off as much as I would love Sora. Yeah. Master Chief also, in particular, just would really, in addition to being, like, another rare character, would really, or not, another Microsoft character, I should say, would really right. stick out like a sore thumb in Smash Bros. Yeah, I I feel like Minecrafter would fit better than Master Chief. Yeah, I actually agree with that, which is incredible when you think about <laughs> that it. That is incredible, yeah. Um, but I, you know, I would love Sora. Um, yeah. It's hard to think of how they could top these characters. We will talk about that in a hot minute. Okay. Thank you, Cool Gabe. Thanks, Cool Gabe. You're real cool, Gabe. Garrett D. on Facebook says, Hey guys, I hope I catch you before you record. 
E3. Any Dragon Quest thoughts? You haven't seen it yet? I'm not a DQ fan personally, but the hero looks pretty cool, IMO. Looks kind of like Robin with some very interesting skills. I hope the Kamikaze skill gets used competitively. <laughs> you guys nailed it on your collection of mana prediction. I think you guys helped soften the blow on Animal Crossing being delayed. <laughs> it also looks actually new, too. I'm very excited to terraform for Tom Nook. Banjo looks incredible. Spiral Mountain looks incredible. The music sounds incredible. And a BOTW sequel? I swear this stuff sounds like fan fiction. <laughs> After a mild E3, I feel like Nintendo didn't pull any punches, even with so many things already announced. My final question, does anything about E3 change either of your final two character slots for the Fighter's Pass? Mm. So Garrett, thank you for all your questions. Yes. Um, I guess Dragon Quest thought I haven't stated yet. Uh, I said I'm a Dragon Quest fan. I love Dragon Quest V specifically. Mm -hmm. Dragon Quest VII's a lot of fun. I haven't played enough of the other Dragon Quests. Yeah. Uh, but I am looking forward to getting Dragon Quest XI-S. It's cool that Dragon Quest is represented in Smash, and I am looking forward to some future Dragon Quest games. Also, Dragon Quest Builders, underrated as fuck. Yeah, I was just going to say, the Dragon Quest game that I'm looking forward to is Builders 2. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, glad that's coming out. Um, agree with a lot of your shit. Uh, mm -hmm. Banjo looks great. Thank you for, for patting us on the back for our cool <laughs> predictions we made. Uh-huh. And uh, does anything about E3 change either of our final two character slots for the final Fighters Pass? Well, let's look at one more listener mail, and then I think we have a good segue. Okay. Thank you, Garrett D., for your questions. Thanks, indeed. It's a Bug Hunt Man on Twitter says, I feel like the East and West just got their most hype characters in Smash. Can Fighters 4 and 5 in any way top this? Or will we go out on a weak finish? Hmm. Thank you, It's a Bug Hunt Man. Thank you again, Garrett. So, yes. I think this is the perfect time to look at the DLC predictions we've made way back in our DLC PAX episode okay. that we haven't even really talked about in a little while. True. So, the five primary predictions we made... Or rather, the four primary predictions we made, because Joker had already been announced, and we had we did not predict him beforehand. Right. So we were predicting the next four characters. Sean and I both predicted that Erdrick from Dragon Quest and a Gen 8 Pokemon would be amongst the last five DLC packs. Mm -hmm. I I think Erdrick count. I think the hero yeah, counts. The hero, I agree. The hero counts for sure. I predicted Minecraft Steve... And Wreck-It Ralph. Right. Sean predicted Banjo-Kazooie. Ooh. <laughs> A yuck. <laughs> oh, bree! There we and go. And the Monster Hunter. <laughs> so, uh, with Erdrick right, Banjo-Kazooie right, and Minecraft Steve wrong, that means the characters we have left on our, on our main prediction thing mm -hmm. are Gen 8 Pokemon... Wreck-It Ralph, and Monster Hunter. Right. With the hype announcements that we've gotten thus far, do we think that a Gen 8 Pokemon, Wreck-It Ralph, and Monster Hunter live up to that hype? Hmm. I mean, obviously, I would be thrilled with Monster Hunter. Right. But I recognize that not everyone would. Right. I do think that Monster Hunter is much closer to being a mainstream franchise these yeah. days. Although I, although I wonder if that hype has died down since the release of World. I, I will tell you, I don't think... There, there is not a character I can think of that would generate more hype than Banjo Kazooie did. 
Yeah. Uh, I think that I don't, I wouldn't say that, you know, the DLC will necessarily be going out on a note that I would call underwhelming. Sure. But I do think that this is the zenith of smash hype and that there's an extent to which it's all downhill from here. Hmm. You don't think Sora would, would match or exceed that? Uh, no, I don't think so. Hmm. Uh, cause I, I think that, I don't think that my impression is that there aren't as many people who think that Sora would be a good fit for Smash as as there are people who thought that Banjo-Kazooie would be a good fit for Smash. Like, I think there are a lot of people who like Sora, and there may be a lot of people who are interested in seeing Sora in Smash, um, but I just, I don't think that it would achieve that same level of kind of perfection that Banjo-Kazooie did. Interesting. I, like... For me, I don't think it's necessarily that Banjo-Kazooie is a good fit for Smash, as much as it is that, like, Banjo-Kazooie is, like, the farthest edge of the realm of possibility for a Smash character okay. while still being plausible, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like Banjo-Kazooie is the farthest, like, they did that, you know? And <laughs> uh-huh. I think I think Sora is, is a bit closer to the realm of realisticness. Hmm, okay. Yeah. I, like, so, basically, I agree with you, but for different reasons than what you just said. I see. That said, a character that I think would be very fitting for Smash, and would also be like a similar like they did what what the fuck what the fuck was that? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Is is Wreck It Ralph? Like, okay. Like you know, like Wreck It Ralph was very like a you idiot. That's never happening. <laughs> As I've read on my Twitter feed several times sure. at this point. Uh, <laughs> but like, I'd, I'm not saying that Wreck It Ralph is super likely. Still, I, I know that I'm going out on a limb with Wreck It mm-hmm. Ralph, but I do think he would at least be hype inducing he would he would generate uh talk and excitement yes he would do that that is for sure yeah i wonder if uh you know after like now that we've kind of had wreck it ralph 2 and there isn't really a wreck it ralph 3 on the horizon that we're aware of i yeah. kind of wonder right. how much people would be into it necessarily yeah i think people would be into it but i like from a marketing timing perspective yeah is, like that that window has kind of passed like, yeah it just came out on netflix you'd think that yeah i i do agree with that so so let's move to our runner-up predictions okay. then, because i think there's some contenders there too uh my runner-up predictions were Agumon from Digimon, mm-hmm. uh, Tracer from Overwatch, <laughs> and the Monster Hunter. Yeah. Your backup predictions were Phoenix Wright, mm-hmm. Wreck-It Ralph, yes. and Sans from Undertale. <laughs> now, oh god, Sans would make the internet go ballistic. Yeah, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, you know, I... I don't I don't necessarily know what the likelihood is, but I do yeah. think that it would it would get people talking and a lot of people would be really thrilled about it. Yeah. There would be two exactly two emotions online. Overjoyed and furious. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um I yeah, I would I would not bet on Sans, but yeah, man, that would that would generate a banjo kazooie level of buzz, I think. Mm-hmm. So first off, do you think do you think now that we're here do you think we're missing anyone notable? Like, do you think that maybe, like, the Doom Slayer would be more likely? You know, no. Yeah. Um, like, I, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not saying that, you know, I mean, obviously, we're if we're thinking about characters that other people have said or pretended by leaking, you know, doing a fake leak, uh-huh. that they might be in Smash, you know, obviously, in that case, 
characters like the Doom Slayer and Ryu Hayabusa and whoever else warrant inclusion. Right. Uh, but I just don't. I don't think that they're likely, and I yeah. don't think that they would be good picks. Oh, uh, we should also note that that Google leak has been debunked because the Google leak did not include Airdrake. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, and also, uh, the second half of that leak that had Joker details and Grand Blue Fantasy and Airdrake in it, uh-huh. right? Like the first half had Joker, Airdrake, and Grand Blue right. Fantasy, right? But the second leak that had Ryu Hiyabusa and Minecrafter, uh-huh. that has been debunked, right? Because it's Banjo. Uh huh. It's Banjo. Yuck yuck. <laughs> um. So we are leak free now. We. We have been we've been released from the chains of leaks. Get out of here, leaks. Nobody likes you. Nobody leaks you. Oh, get out of here, Des Virgin Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I I want a supercut of all the times you've shoehorned Das Virgin Ben into our podcast. Uh, I'm gonna shoehorn him out of reality. <laughs> Do not murder Das Virgin Ben. No, no, I'm not gonna murder him. I'm just gonna like, you know, I'm going to erase him from existence in a metaphysical way. <laughs> God <laughs> <laughs> um so i think uh since since we don't think anyone not on our lists will appear mm-hmm. since we're saying that i will give us the opportunity if we like to swap out one or both of our main predictions with one or two of our reserves if we like okay um or since, you know i mean since banjo kazooie happened i guess i have to do that well, no, like, Banjo-Kazooie, like, yeah, Min- Minecraft Steve and Banjo-Kazooie are, like, locked. Like, yeah. that's, like, that's, that's done. We can't, we can't swap those out, right? Right. So, basically, like, between Gen 8 Pokemon. Oh, I uh, see, right. Yeah, right? Like, be- between, like, we each have two predictions left, right? Gen 8 Pokemon and Wreck-It Ralph, Gen 8 Pokemon and Monster Hunter. So, yeah. you can, you can swap one or both of those out for one of your reserves, if you like. Okay. Uh, do you intend to do that with either of yours? I'm still thinking. <laughs> okay. I am going to do something bold here. Okay. I don't think a Gen 8 Pokemon is going to be in Smash. Y- you know I was feeling that too. Yeah. I don't think a Gen 8 Pokemon is going to be in Smash. I can't put my finger on why, but that's my instinct. And, uh, you know, why not go with my instincts? Yeah, like, really, like, Gen 8 Pokemon has one chance. One, maybe two chances to be dlc right yeah. like one chance is a winter 2019 release like mm-hmm. after gen 8 has come out or that february 2020 release yeah right and like finishing with pokemon it seems like kind of a kind of a bosh landing uh-huh. right like it feels like that would like it's like oh you gave us all these cool third-party things and now you're just doing a pokemon right, right. i think that would kind of like how how incineroar kind of took the wind out of some sails it's like your last brand new characters in Cinderor. Right. Like Incineroar was cool, mm-hmm. but we thought there'd be a more wow finale. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh I think you're right. And I I think there is a, a slight possibility that they will release a Gen 8 Pokemon right after Pokemon comes out. Mm-hmm. But uh but I'm less confident in that than I used to be. So, with that in mind, I don't want to swap out Monster Hunter because I think that, you know, we've already got the Monster Hunter stage in there. I think that it is entirely possible that the Monster Hunter will be a character in Smash. I feel that. So that means I have to consider my reserves. 
I don't want to put Phoenix Wright in there because I don't think it'll be two Capcom characters back to back. Right. Agreed. I don't want to put Wreck-It Ralph in there because there's just something that's telling me that that ain't it. So you're putting Sans? That means (laughs) that my predictions (laughs) for the remainder of the roster of Smash DLC are, in fact, the Monster Hunter and Mr. Sans Undertale himself. (laughs) Mr. Sans Undertale. Sans from Undertale is going to be my final prediction. Oh, that's bold. And that would would make explosions happen. That really would. Okay. It's, It's a spicy take, but through process of elimination... I have arrived at this conclusion. Wow. Okay. Um, I am swapping out the Gen 8 Pokemon. Okay. And uh, not swapping out for Monster Hunter, because, like, I, I do think the Monster Hunter does have some likelihood there. Sure. But, A, like, you've, you've got that covered. I'll, I'll let you keep that to <laughs> yourself. And, and B, I, I don't know. Maybe it makes sense in a lot of ways, but is it exciting? Yeah. Um, so, it's between... Agumon and Tracer, and you know, I I think this I think I'm gonna make a thematic swap here. Okay. I'm gonna take out one virtual pet monster <laughs> and put in another one. I'm I gonna see. swap out a Gen 8 Pokemon for Agumon from Digimon. Okay, like this 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 feels right to me in some ways because uh, because Namco Bandai is there, like they have their character catalog mm-hmm. available for Nintendo to use. Digimon Survive is coming out this this year. True, true. Right? So it, it makes sense from a from a tie-in, from a marketing perspective. And you can do a lot of cool stuff with Agumon from a moveset perspective. Yeah. And no one's really predicting Agumon either. That's true. Right? Agumon will be unexpected. And and the stuff you can do from a marketing perspective with, like, now, Pokemon versus Digimon is uh-huh. possible yeah, in Super good. Smash Bros. Yeah. The, the more I think about this, the better it feels. So am I keeping Wreck-It Ralph in my predictions? Hmm, that's a good question. His time has passed a little bit. His time has passed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Nintendo has done some weirdly late editions before. Sure. Um, But Disney is all about that marketing timing. Yeah. Disney is all about it. I guess the real question is, do you want to swap him out for Tracer or not? You know? Wow, maybe he will be Tracer. <laughs> oh, those, oh man, you need to go to bed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. I'm wondering if maybe Tracer from Overwatch is a bit more likely than Wreck-It Ralph at this point. Wow, because like I still think there's a chance, right, that like Activision Blizzard has hired someone to work in an Overwatch port for the Switch. Uh huh. Right, and if that were to happen, like having Tracer, like. Tracer with a really cool moveset. Guns are pretty much allowed at this point. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, and her teleporting around and stuff. And it would allow them to add a female character as DLC. True. Really, I can't think of a female character that's more likely to be added, you know? Because they've, they've kind of gotten a lot of the major ones, first and third party. Right. Like, out of the way. You know what, I'm picking Monster Hunter. Okay. There's there's something off about the Tracer prediction. Yeah, I agree. And uh and like Monster Hunter, both the boy and the girl could be playable models. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, I'm swapping out Gen 8 Pokemon and Wreck It Ralph. But putting like these these are now in our reserves, yeah. right? Yeah. Our reserves are still there. But my predictions are now Agumon and the Monster Hunter. Okay. And yours are the Monster Hunter 
and sans undertale yep they sure are oh man this i'm if if either of these end up being true actually i think that'll be a really exciting total lineup i was gonna say like god just imagine if i'm right just (laughs) fucking imagine if i am right oh my god that would be like so funny both like sans being fucking playable but also like you beating me <laughs> in the prediction podcast yeah. I've made. Like with sans. Yeah, with sans. <laughs> like our track records aren't great either way. Right. You know, but like that'd be so funny if I'm like, I got second place in a in a prediction <laughs> contest, and now I'm gonna make a whole podcast about predicting the full roster of Smash Bros. Ultimate. My co host, who barely cares about this, <laughs> beat me in the predictions. And then I can start my own podcast called A Smashing Theory Theory and start every episode by saying, I got first place in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that would kill me. <laughs> okay. If you want to know where else you can find us, we have a Patreon. We are the Beep Boop Group, and at patreon.com slash beep boop group. We have stuff like an exclusive monthly podcast, uh, lots of bonus content and deleted scenes, several of which will be from this episode. Yes. We offer things like sponsorships and special thanks Mm -hmm. at the end of each of our podcast episodes. And um, we, we even do things like make new content with your input. Me and Sean uh, debating with each other yeah. over whether the Nintendo DS is better than the PlayStation Portable, and it's a lot of fun. Stuff like this starts at $1 a month, which is really cheap. I think the $5 a month is great value because that has the deleted scenes, the bonus content, yeah. and also uh, also Discord access, mm-hmm. where we, we do Discord with our fans, and God, those guys are fucking hilarious. Yeah, you can come and hang out with us. Yeah, it's it's really great. Sometimes we play games together. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely worth it if you feel like supporting us or hanging with us. Yeah. Or interacting with us on an additional level. Next time on A Smashing Theory. I don't know yet. <laughs> uh, this this is like, you know, kind of the, the last like major event that we'll have for a while yeah uh there's kind of a news drought after this point and there won't be much to predict left so we'll put our melons together and think about it and if you guys have anything that you'd like to hear us talk about feel free to send us a tweet send us an email yeah send us a tweet to a smashing theory on twitter Mm -hmm. feel free to follow us while you do that and uh send an email to you know or or (laughs) or you're saving out like, hey guys, uh, wow, great episode. I just wanted to get some notes. Oh no, I ran out of characters. Gonna send you an email. <laughs> <laughs> or send an email to a smashing theory at gmail.com. We'll look at your suggestions and then we'll we'll make our decision. And then you can send us more tweets and mails about our decision. Yeah. And then we'll feature that on the episode. It's the circle of life. Yeah. By the way, we will see you in a couple weeks. Thank you so much for listening to this whole dang e3 episode if you liked it i'm i'm very touched and and happy for you and and (laughs) amazed god we went off on so many tangents and the guy who normally closes the episode out his voice is a little raw right now so you'll have to forgive him he 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 actually ran off because he was chasing a dog with a sword in his mouth yeah yep yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> I like how like thinking about that again just like drained all the energy you have left. And in the meantime, <laughs> I hope that you have a smashing time. Thanks, everybody. E3's great. Goodbye. You're great. Forever. Not really. You're great. See you guys next time. You're great. Thanks. I'm talking to the audience. Stop talking to them. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. The episode's over. Goodbye. You're great. Goodbye. Special thanks. Special thanks. Special thanks to Lonald. Thank you so much, Lonald. <laughs> thank, thank you for for witnessing Sean's voice as it, as it limps on its last legs. Yeah, not too many legs left on that old speaking noise. <laughs> thank you, Lonald, for giving us a platform to be fucking idiots, I guess. <laughs> yep. Special thanks to Nymph. Thank you very much, Nymph, and see you soon. Yeah, Nymph, as of this recording, we are two days away from hanging out with you. It's going to be real great. So maybe see you before this episode goes up. Uh, I'm, I'm going to try real hard to upload the episode on Thursday, but there's a lot to edit. Yeah, and good, I have one good day to do it. luck with that. Yeah, I have one day to put all that together, so <laughs> I, I really want to hit that target, but we'll see. If that's not the case, maybe you can listen to this episode on your drive up here. God, is he driving? He's driving. Oh, I'm sorry, Nymph. He's driving. I'm really sorry. That's a long drive. That they'll, is not fun. They'll be good. They're they're troopers. Okay. Thanks, Nymph. Yeah, thanks. Special thanks to my girlfriend, Amy Lee. Ah, uh, thank you, Amy Lee, for being shut up in your room while we record this because it must be really boring in there by now she has so many k-dramas oh she's, that's true she's doing just fine she's yeah. catching up on possessed she's watching some bts variety shows which isn't drama but it's k yeah well you know if i could say good job in korean i would but i don't know how to say that so good job catching up on those k-dramas thanks baby thanks baby uh, special thanks to Leo. <laughs> don't be a don't be an angry lion. As close Leo. as I can get right now. <laughs> I can't do a normal roar. Well, don't, you don't have to do a lion impersonation at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, stop! Stop arresting Leo. I'm stopping the recording. I've lost the dog voice completely. If you would like to be specially thanked <laughs> at the end of each and every episode of every podcast we make, check out our you Patreon. Know, for for as many months as you, as you do it. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Not, not in perpetuity for the rest of time. To be clear, we will not continue to make uh, episodes of podcasts when we're, like, dead because you special <laughs> thanked tiered one time. But, you know, as long as you're on that tier, 20 bucks... Especially thank you every single time. Yeah. 
Special thanks to all of our patrons, especially the ones with the special thanks tiers. Yeah. Thanks to our patrons. <laughs> special thanks to the special <laughs> thanks patrons. <laughs> Regular thanks to the rest of you. You can't, you want that special. You gotta hand over, fuck over that, that dough, that money, that good old casheroo. Oh boy, it's time to stop recording. Yep. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. everybody.